Meeting recording has started. Uh, Chair Pilpel, would you like me to introduce the meeting or do you want to? Uh, let me just do a brief bit and then you can uh, carry on from there. So good afternoon to all who are present online who I cannot see because we don't have a screen that allows that uh, right now. Um, as you'll hear in a moment, I'm David Pilpel. I was asked to uh, chair this meeting in the absence of our regular chair, Chris Highland. Um, this is a rescheduled meeting of the Education Outreach and Training Committee of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, City and County of San Francisco. Today is Tuesday, September 26th, 2023. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can um, proceed. This meeting, this meeting is accessed by a remote access or in-person participation. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its committees convene hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance, in-person public comment, remote access for petitioners and respondents, and remote public comment by a teleconference. The WebEx remote link login is tinyurl period com forward slash THKNUJ3D. The password is Sunshine. The telephone call in number is 415 655 0001. The meeting ID is 2590 219 3313 pound pound. Press star 3 to enter the speaker line. Shall we begin with uh, item number one? Uh, sure. Item number one, item number one, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. Roll call. Member Pilpel. Present. Member Pilpel present. Member Hill. Present. Member Hill present. Chair Highland, not present. Um, shall we discuss agenda changes? Uh, yes. So as to agenda changes, um, I would like to do things um, a little differently in my uh, small capacity uh, chairing today's meeting. Um, I would like to put items two and three to the uh, end of the agenda and start out with uh, complaints. I believe that that is more respectful of people's time who have filed uh, complaints and respondents who are uh, responding. Um, so we'll open it up for public comment to see if that uh, works for folks. Um, and I would, um, 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 and I, at some point, very shortly, I would love to know uh, who is present um, online for uh, complainants um, and respondents um, so that we can uh, proceed um, in part based on uh, who's here and welcome. We're just starting the meeting, haven't done anything. Um, was one other thing. Okay. And then as to items uh, seven and eight, uh, and I am uh, interested in hearing from Mr. Sullivan if he is uh, present online. Um, my understanding is that items seven and eight complaints uh, filed by Mark Sullivan against uh, Bruce Wolf um, were put on the agenda. I was uh, led to believe last week that they were not going to be on the agenda and that there was. Um, somehow insufficient notice uh, given, and so I am uh, informed that we will not be uh, hearing uh, items seven and eight today, uh, but that they will be rescheduled uh, perhaps at another uh, committee or at the full task force, but that they will be scheduled elsewhere at another time. 
um, but I did want to um, offer Mr. Sullivan, um, and for that matter, anyone else who has uh, comments related to the scheduling of items uh, seven and eight um, under this uh, period of public comment relative to item one. Um, Member Hill, any thoughts? Does that all kind of work for you? That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and uh, Cheryl, does that fairly summarize? Yes, that's fine with me. Okay. Sounds good. So why don't we open for um, public comment? Um, on the question of moving items two and three um, to follow uh, item eight somewhere. Not sure if it'll be four after nine and 10. Stay tuned uh, if that works for folks. And uh, thoughts uh, from Mr. Sullivan or others on uh, not hearing items seven and eight tonight. Uh, okay. Vic, if we could open for public comment. would like to make public comment on this motion to um, change the order of today's uh, agenda items. Please approach the podium, and if you're online with us, you can raise your hand by even pressing star three on the phone or using the application to raise your hand. I don't see anybody in the room. We do have one per or a couple of people with their hands raised. I Let's do that. Caller. Carol, I defer to you. Should I go? Uh, okay, uh, um, I guess we aren't going to hear uh, my complaint. I guess it will be rescheduled. I just let you know that I'm here. Is this Mr. Sullivan? Yes, uh, Sullivan. Okay. Great. Okay, so um, again, my understanding is that they uh, will be um, heard, but um, not uh, at some point in the okay. future, but not tonight. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Uh, other speakers? Okay, give me one moment. My, name is, my name is Joe Dworetsky. I'm the petitioner in 23060, and I have no objection to the change in sequence. Great, thank you, Mr. Dworetsky. We will. Um, as a result of all of this, we will be getting to you sooner rather than later. So um, stay tuned. Thank you very much. Others? I do not see any additional hands raised at this time. Okay. Uh, seeing no further public comment, um, public comment on item one is closed. Um, can we, perhaps without a motion, just move the agenda in the way that I discussed and agree that we are not hearing items seven and eight tonight. Yeah, I believe as long as there are no objections and we should be good to go. Okay. No objections here. Uh, Victor, do you see a need for a motion or can we just do that as the prerogative of the chair without objection? It's really up to your organization. Um, uh, and it's handled differently at different bodies. Uh, this is not normal for the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, but it's up to you, for you to make your own decisions on that. We can just say, make the motion and approve without objection. For a motion or not a motion? Um, I guess why don't we just why don't I go ahead and entertain the motion just so, just so we can move on move forward. Um, I'll I'll make a motion, or uh, yeah, I'll I'll make the motion to. Um, 
I guess if we are removing items seven and eight from this agenda to be heard at a later hearing and also um, 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 moving items two and three um, down to, down below item six. Okay, uh, and I will so second. So that's a, a motion to remove item seven and eight tonight and to hear items two and three sometime uh, after six, maybe before nine and 10, maybe after, stay tuned. Okay, that's good. good. Um, Victor, do, do you recommend that we reopen a public comment on the specific motion or? I don't believe you need to, you already took. Um, okay, and I think there was, itself, even I think there was, removed. and I didn't hear any uh, objection. Okay, so Cheryl, why don't we take a quick roll call uh, on that? Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Chair Pilpel? Aye. Chair Pilpel, moved by Member Hill, seconded by Chair Pilpel to uh, remove items seven and eight from the agenda and move items two and three after item six. Great. Okay, so moving right along. Um, we'll, why don't we, why don't we read item uh, four and then let me make a, a couple of uh, quick comments and then we'll get into the substance of, of item four. Uh, are we going to do general public comment or do that at the end? Or don't we just move two and three okay. to the end. So we're going to go straight into item four. Item number four, file number 23063, complaint filed by Patrick Monette Shaw against the Department of Public Health for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to provide public records in a timely and a complete manner. Okay. Um, so I have um, served on the task force uh, a number of times for a number of years, but uh, not recently, and I have not chaired a committee in a long time. So um, I may well stumble and screw up, and if so, we'll fix it. Um, in terms of disclosures and recusals, I want to just state uh, up front, um, the complainant, uh, Mr. Monet Shaw, uh, has uh, expressed negative views about me in the past. I believe that he is not exactly a fan. Nevertheless, he has the right to uh, file complaints um, and has done so here, may do so in the future, and I bear no uh, bias uh, against him as relates to this or any uh, future complaint. Um, if he has, if he carries. Um, his uh, burden of uh, an appropriate uh, showing, then we will recommend uh, finding a violation or I will uh, vote for that. Uh, and if he doesn't, then so be it. And same thing with uh, DPH and um, others here. So I just wanted to uh, be clear that I, um, I, I'm looking at all of these fresh and there's that. Um, I, May we may well have some uh, questions for both the uh, complainant and respondent when we get to that uh, point in the uh, proceedings. Uh, we have the documents before us, and I would um, ask um, complainant and respondent here and in the other uh, cases uh, tonight um, where they have uh, items in the record for us uh, that uh, supports a, a position. If they can point us to that uh, page number. 
uh, or a more specific uh, reference, uh, that would help. I'm looking where possible um, for evidence uh, in the record, and um, if it's useful to expand on that, that's great too, but um, a lot of this is, is kind of evidence-based. Um, so there we go. That was my uh, brief intro. Um, unless there's anything further, uh, do we have uh, Mr. Monet Shaw with us? Uh, this is Victor Young. If you are a party to this matter and in the room, you can approach the podium at this time. If you're joining us online, if you don't mind, if you can raise your hand so I can uh, identify you, it would be appreciated. If you're on the telephone, that would be star three. Otherwise, use the application to raise your hand. Okay, I'm not seeing anybody. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and unmute a couple of lines where I can't quite tell who they are and see if uh, there's just a technical issue. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Hello, caller. I've just unmuted you. I was wondering uh, which item you're here for. I'm still on the line. Okay, thank you very much. Hello, caller. I've just unmuted you. If you don't mind identifying what item you're here for tonight, it would be appreciated. Yes, my name is Ramona Mayon, and I'm here for the matter with Jared Dewinsky and the Department of Homelessness. Thank you very much. Hello, caller. I've just unmuted you. I was wondering if you identify which item you're here for today. Okay, I'm not getting a response on that. I believe Mr. Sullivan has just raised his hand for some reason. I'm just going to go ahead and unmute him quickly. Mr. Sullivan, I, I see that you raised your hand. I didn't raise my hand, but at least I didn't want to. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and lower it for you then. Okay. One more. Hello, caller. I've just unmuted you. I was wondering if you can identify which item you're here for today. My name is Richard. I'm here for the HE Safe. Thank you very much. Okay, I do not have anybody else. Oh, I have Mr. Hamilton who just raised his hand. Hi, Mr. Hamilton. Are you a, a party to this item? Yes, I'm here representing HSH for the. Uh... 23060 item. Okay, thank you very much. I will go ahead and and leave you unmuted. Okay. And Victor, does okay, that exhaust nobody else? That's what we got. Okay. And there was no one present for DPH. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you uh, approach and just tell us who you are? I apologize. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Round two. There you go. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is uh, Victor Lim, Assistant Director of Public Affairs of DPH and also the Custodian Records. Got it. I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. It's been a while. It's been a while. Let's get to yeah. see you, sir. Nice to see you. Um, okay. So it looks like we have Victor Lim from DPH, but we don't have Mr. Monet Shaw right now. Um, how about this? Could we, uh, what do they call it in Sacramento? Could we pass and retain? 
uh, and maybe uh, wait for a bit to give Mr. Monet Shaw a chance because he might have anticipated that it may be a little later. We'll see if he appears um, and maybe take the uh, HSH uh, case. Yeah. Does that work for? Because, yeah. And yep. then, yeah. Good. Okay. Got it. Or, or if it's a long time, I'll switch to remote, but I'll be here Let, for a little Let's bit. hang out for a bit and see no how problem. we do with item five. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, Victor. Um, so I think what we want to do is hold on item four, ask Cheryl to read item five, and take the Joe Dwaretz, I want to pronounce it correctly, Dwaretsky uh, against HSH uh, complaint, because I believe we have both parties. Does that work? Victor, uh, number one. At your discretion, you can go ahead and call the next item. Let's do that. So, Cheryl, let's call item five. And thank you, Mr. Lim. Item number five, file number 23060, complaint filed by Joe Doritsky against the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6721 by failing to respond to a request for public records in a timely and or complete manner. Okay. Um, so on this one, um, I won't repeat all of what I just said. I do remember Jeff Hamilton from a thousand years ago. Uh, nice to, although you're not that old and neither am I. Um, <laughs> nice to hear from you again uh, in this current capacity. Um, but again, I have an open mind. There's very little going on between the ears. It's a very open mind. Um, so, um, I think on this one, this was filed by an individual against uh, HSH, and we'll refer to the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing as HSH, so everyone knows. Um, this was related to a records request. Um, Jeff Hamilton is re uh, representing HSH, and we've got... Um, documents here from both uh, complainant and uh, respondent. So it appears to me on its face that we have jurisdiction and uh, Cheryl or Victor, can we uh, take a motion first on uh, finding uh, jurisdiction 5A and then proceed to hear from um, the complainant Mr. respondent? Purple, if you don't mind if we just wait until the end and make one motion so we don't have to take multiple votes. Okay. Good suggestion. I like that. Okay. Um, that being the case, uh, Mr. Dworetsky and uh, Mr. Hamilton, are you ready to go? And can, where do I have the complaint procedures? This is Joe Dworetsky. I'm ready to proceed. Got it. So why don't we hear from, got it. Why don't we hear from Mr. Uh, Dworetsky um, for uh, five minutes on your facts and evidence? Thank you very much. Um, I'm a reporter at Bay City News. That's a wire service and cover the Bay Area. We have about 100 news and media organizations that take our feed. I also write for Local News Matters, which is a related organization. It's a nonprofit, no advertising, free local news website. Um, in organizing these materials, I prepared a chronology, which members of the committee could find at page 174 of the package. 
but let me just go through the major points. The Department of Homelessness and Supportive Services has one of the most newsworthy and significant functions in the city. Its fiscal 24 budget was 713 million, an increase of 45 million from fiscal year 23. In the last year, I've written almost 30 articles about HSH. Many of them have been about how the department spends and misspends the money to which it's been entrusted. Many of my stories have run on the local, local News Matter website and also by our wire service partners, including San Francisco Standard, CBS News, NBC News, SFGate, Newsbreak, and The Post Group. The series that I've been writing was selected as a national finalist for a Lion Award for Outstanding Local News Coverage. Many, almost all of my stories have used material from public records requests from the department. Because of its important, I plan to write about HSH's budget requests and the hearings that were scheduled on its budget before the Board of Supervisors. Those hearings were scheduled for June 15th and June 22nd at the Board of Supervisors, and there was a related hearing at the uh, Port of San Francisco on June 13th. I filed records requests on May 13th. That was more than a month before those hearings. Um, you can find my records requests in the package at pages 172 and 173. They were carefully drawn records requests, and I sharply limited the period for which I requested records to that after April 1, 2023. So again, I filed May 13th and looked for records in the period from April 1st to May 13th, about a 45-day period. My records requests were acknowledged on May 16th. No notice was given by HSH uh, pursuant to 6721B that they needed additional time to respond. The 10-day response was due on May 25th. And on that day, the department made a production of a handful of documents. The department then said it was continuing to look and would produce more on a rolling basis. I pressed the department for more documents and it made an additional production on June 1, but it again invoked the rolling production um, section of the statute and said it would make future production um, if as and when it had more documents. I objected to that practice and I <clears throat> included in the materials, you'll see a lengthy statement I made of the reasons that uh, using the rolling production provision of the statute as an unbounded, unlimited exemption from disclosure or postponement of disclosure was inappropriate. But they continued to produce on their own schedule. It was July 14th and July 17th, more than two months um, after my request before they produced the last documents. By the time the hearings that I was covering had come and gone, I'd written my stories about them. The documents they produced after the hearing included some very important information that I could not include in my stories because I didn't know it. This is not an isolated event. The department has been doing this all year. I filed an appeal um, with the supervisor of records. When the supervisor of records didn't respond in the time frame that it is given in the ordinance, I filed this appeal to the task force. The Sunshine Ordinance strongly favors disclosure and almost every aspect of the ordinance 
resolve doubts in favor of the requester. The burden is clearly on the department to justify any withholding. The department here in their response does not contest that my requests were proper, that the requested documents were indeed public records, that the task force has jurisdiction, that they made no timely claim of exemption, and they made no timely request for an additional 10 days. So what is the department offered to justify its withholding? Well, it said it had to confer with and uh, other departments and redact documents. Mr. Dworetsky? Yes. Yeah. Can I ask you to uh, just uh, conclude the, uh, with a, another sentence or two and wrap up and you'll have another opportunity in a bit and we'll have uh, some questions for you. Yes, thank you. I just conclude by saying that the practice that has been adopted here runs the risk of totally eviscerating the Sunshine Ordinance because any department at any time can simply produce a couple of records timely and hold the valuable records until after the story is written, the hearing held, or where they're no longer useful. Thank you. Got it. Thank you uh, very much. Um, next, we shall hear from uh, Jeff Hamilton. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, could you confirm? I have Still a moment, sir. Yes. Just a moment. Okay. I'm sorry, what was your name again, sir? Jeff Hamilton. Oh, Jeff Hamilton. Okay, are you ready to go? I am. Um, right. Could you confirm that I have five minutes? Is that correct? Yep. Okay. We're about to start the timer. Uh, nice to see you, Chair Pilpel. I was going to mention something um, about having known you back then, and I wouldn't didn't think you'd remember. So I'm. Oh, the problem is I remember all of it. But let's I'm, keep going. I'm stunned. <laughs> Anyway, uh, my name is Jeff Hamilton. I'm the custodian of records for the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Uh, I will be representing the department today. I'd like to start by giving an overview of our record production for Mr. Duretsky. Some of this information you already have in your packet. <clears throat> we received our first sunshine request from Mr. Duretsky January 25th of this year. To date, we have received a total of 14 sunshine requests from Mr. Duretsky. 11 are the object of this complaint. Just to update the committee, we had two requests open at the time that we responded to this complaint, which are in your packet. Those have now been closed. We also received three additional requests from Mr. Duretsky since this complaint, and those have been closed. So we currently have no open or pending requests for Mr. Duretsky. Between the first a request in January, I think it was January 25th, and the last request within the scope of this complaint, HSH re released 555 records to Mr. Duretsky in response to these 11 requests. These records were released in 22 separate batches, six in February, five in March, four in April, three in May, and four in June. This averaged about one release a week. Of the total requests, three were closed entirely within the 10-day deadline. The rest were, um, uh, were worked on with an initial request and then on a rolling basis. I wanted to mention some important context for the committee uh, regarding these records and our department. I think it's pretty well known that HSH has amongst the most sensitive records of any city department. 
We house records for thousands of clients who trust, trust us with their personal health information and also their personal identifying information. We take the responsibility of our client confidentiality very seriously. It's important for the committee to know that all but one of Mr. Duretsky's requests are about two of our facilities, the Candlestick, uh, sorry, Candlestick Point Vehicle Triage Center, or the VTC as it's called, and our Pier 95, sorry, Pier 94 Site F trailer site, both of which house communities of our clients and one of which is subject to litigation. There is no conflict between protecting client confidentiality and our obligations to the Sunshine Ordinance. However, complying with both requires a labor-intensive and rig rigorous review of records. All of the 555 records released to Mr. Doretsky had to be reviewed by me, my supervisor, and in some instances needed consultation with the city attorney for possible redaction of PHI and PII and or possible privilege related to litigation or lease negotiations. While there were specific releases, that could have been more timely. Given the volume of Mr. Doretsky's requests, their complexity and the sensitivity of the records requested, we have done our very best to be responsive and timely given the capacity and workload of the department. As far as media, uh, I'm sort of running out of time soon, but as far as media facts are concerned or issues related to the media, we encourage members of the press to start these inquiries with the media relations staff. We cannot and do not mandate this. Typically, a reporter will speak to our media team and say, I'm writing a story about X. The first question our staff asks is, what is your deadline? They will usually have a list of questions and our media relations staff also help them clarify the records they're requesting. So by the time I get the request, there's been some collaboration and vetting going on. For, that, for whatever reason, Mr. Doretsky does not follow this process. It is his prerogative not to. However, he does not tell us up front what he is writing about, nor does he give us our deadline, his deadlines. So he is at once accusing HSH of undermining his media timelines and the newsworthiness of his requests while simultaneously not telling us what he is writing about and what his deadlines are. So we do the best we can. We are not orchestrating any kind of media campaign against Mr. Turetsky. It's simply a matter of the rigorous review of the documents and the number of requests we had from him simultaneously. Keep in mind as well that at any given moment, Mr. Duretsky had a minimum of three and sometimes as many as seven or eight requests in production at the same time about these two facilities, which was incredibly time consuming, laborious and uh, complex for our staff. So again, I think we've done the best we can to respond to Mr. Duretsky and uh, happy to take any questions or discuss this further as needed. Great. Thank you uh, very much for that. Um, and again, anticipate questions in a moment. Um, I should have asked if there are other parties to pre present facts and evidence in support of the complainant. Um, and other uh, parties in support of respondent. Uh, why don't I do that now? Are there other parties um, to offer comments uh, in support of either the complainant or the respondent? Uh, Victor, can you see if there are any hands raised? Uh, you'd like to make, there's, uh, there's no one in the room. Uh, you can raise your hand if you'd like to comment at this time regarding that statement. I see no hands raised at this time. Okay. 
Um, thank you. So, seeing that uh, the matter is with the uh, committee for discussion and questions, uh, Member Hill, uh, any initial thoughts? Um, I guess my initial thought is that it almost sounds like that that um, there's almost an admission that. You know, that that uh, the that their responses have been tardy. You know, although probably with you know, with, you know I, 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 yeah, with with reason. Um, yeah. So that's just my, that's my initial thought. Like, I, it, it doesn't sound like anyone anyone is denying the fact that like the requests were made and that, um, you know, there were some tardiness in the responses. Okay. Um, we'll delve a little bit into that. So. Um... Couple of uh, thoughts and uh, comments and, and questions. So, first to Mr. Uh, Goretsky, um, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for uh, Bay City. I certainly um, remember time with uh, Joe Stanley and um, uh, Marsha and Dick, and um, you know, there's there's certainly a, a lot of uh, good history with uh, Bay City and uh, what I presume is the um, Journalistic uh, work that you're doing. Um, let me ask you, and then I'll go to Mr. Hamilton with a couple of questions as well. Um, the records that you requested over the various um, requests, I, I believe HSH indicated that they believe they've satisfied all the requests at this time. Would you concur with that? And have you, in fact, received? Uh, what you deem sufficient responsive records uh, to your various uh, inquiries, and does this really boil down to a question of timeliness, or is there uh, something else here? Um, thank basically, you for the question. Basically, did you get the stuff? Uh, they've responded to um, all my records requests to date, and I have received the production that they've made. It's hard for me to tell if it's complete or not, but I've received what they have told me is complete and they've closed each of my requests. But I think I do want to answer the second part of your question. Is this just about timeliness or is there more to it? Your Honor, I'm challenging the practice that they have used in many of these requests to ignore the statutory deadlines, either the 10 day or the 20 day one, um, by simply saying they're going to make uh, uh, rolling production. When they do that, they don't tell me if there's more documents. They just say they're continuing uh, to, uh, you know, to work on it. They don't tell me when they're going to respond, and they don't tell me why they're. It's taking longer. So all I get is a, you know, it's a black box. I just have to wait and see if they ever um, send any more documents. And so I pepper them with uh, inquiries, anything more, anything more. But that's all I can do because. They've, they've not reading the statute in the way or the ordinance in the way that it was written. They think that because they say rolling production, the deadlines don't matter. And that isn't the law. And so it puts a, it puts a reporter in a very bad position. I've got a story that I'm writing. Um, I don't agree with what uh, Mr. Hamilton has reported about my practice. I frequently talk to people in the legislative or in the uh, public relations side about information, but there's the kind of reporting I do, this is detailed um, series reporting. And I look for things like, you know, the cost of items. You know, you can't, to get cost of items, you've got to get the underlying records. 
And I know they don't like it, but that's it's fair game. And I remind the committee that with a budget of over $700 million a year, they can afford to turn around my requests in the statutory timeline. And we're not talking about, you know, uh, you know, a tiny department that's overburdened. Understood. Okay, I think you answered my question. Did Member Hill, did you have a follow-up? Um, no, I, I, again, I, I think I just wanted to get clarity because I, I, I think I heard um, um, Mr. Zwarewski um, mentioned that you didn't get the appropriate um, notification that they were going to be tardy in their response. Was that correct? Could you just clarify that for me? I, yes. Um, the the statute says that if if a department, when it gets a public record request, thinks it's going to need more time because it's voluminous or because they need to yes, sir. consult with another department for various reasons. For yes, various reasons. I'm looking at the statute now. I'm I'm just I just wanted to get clarification from you. Right, and I'm just saying they're supposed to tell me then the day after the request goes in, so you know, so that I can plan. But they didn't make any of those requests, and they or any of those statements um, at any time on any of my requests. So, uh, so I guess I'll I'll ask the same question to Mr. Hamilton. Hi, Mr. Hamilton. This is a member. Hi. Hello. Um, so, you're, I just want to be clear. You're, you're asking me which question? There were a couple of questions on the on the table. Uh, just uh, I, the, the 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 first sort of um, statement that uh, when the public records when the requests were made um, uh, that uh, the, the the if there was the, if there was if there were, if you needed more time. Um, uh, were you able to communicate that back with with proper reasoning? Um, because it sounds like that uh, you know that the complainant is saying that that did not happen. Well, the reason that we we don't tell Mr. Duretsky whether or not we have more records or how long it will take to process those records is because at the time that we're doing you know processing the records, we don't know the answer to that question. So, for example. You know, we identify that there'll be we we think there's 30 staff who were involved in this project, and because of the you know breadth and detailed uh, scope of Mr. Duresky's request, they often included our our directors, our deputy directors, our uh, project managers, various other you know contracts, budget people. So I make a list with the people with the names of staff I've requested to provide those records. And I get them in an a roll on a rolling basis. If there's some staff who have not provided records, I don't. And when I send this out, by the way, often the reply from staff will be, "I have no responsive documents," but other times they do. So I don't know ahead of time how many records this request will involve. There have been many times where I, I've gotten requests, and I thought, "Oh my God, this is going to be you know 500 records," and it turns out, you know, the, the request doesn't even belong in our department. So. I do this kind of sleuthing, if you will, of of this to find out, you know, who would have them, how many, and you know, and then you have issues like people on vacation, people have left their jobs, people are on maternity leave. So there's just various miscellaneous reasons, but really we just don't know until we actually complete the request and can check off everyone we've requested, which I do. And make sure that we've we've retrieved every record, and that's not something we can know ahead of time. I hope that's a helpful answer. Um, uh, a bit. Let me see if I can clarify. So, I've made public records requests to, uh, to you before, Mr. Hamilton. 
um, 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 as a citizen. Um, and um, when when you knew that you weren't going to be able to provide the response to me within within a certain amount of time, I you communicated that to me. Yes. Did, did you do that? And and for have you also done that for Mr. Zoreski for each of his requests? In most, I mean, I don't know for each one. What we do as a standard practice is we our goal always is to release something within the first ten days. Um, yes, sir. Yep. No matter what. So, you know, we do that and then we say, and I don't have the language right in front of me, but we say something to, to the effect that, you know, we will continue to search for and identify additional records and sure. off, we'll provide those on a rolling basis. So, you know, again, I know I can understand why any requester might find it frustrating to not know, well, okay, how many records is it or how long will that take? But we really don't know. The other issue that comes up is they might have to be redacted. They might have to be reviewed by a city attorney. So I, what I try not to do is put us in the position over and over again of saying, we'll have the next batch to you by X date. And then we don't meet that deadline. And sure. it also creates, you know, multiple additional deadlines. We're now supposed to track amongst, you know, across dozens and dozens of requests that we have going on at any given moment. So, so yes, we, we do let them know. You know, we send the first release in that in that email. We tell them that we will be following up with additional releases. Uh, Mr. Dureski is correct, and that we do not give people a deadline or a you know timeline for when the next request will be. I will point out, however, in all fairness, that as I stated in my opening statement, we averaged one release a week for Mr. Dureski across his many requests. So I think while one request may have been less timely than another. The overall pattern has been that we've been diligently working each week to make sure that we're attending to his multiple requests. Okay. So let me jump in for a moment and I'll defer back to uh, Member Hill uh, shortly. So to Mr. Hamilton, I hear what you're saying. I get that. Um, I, I have a couple more questions for you in a moment, but on this particular point, and I think this is the, the central point here, is a couple of things. Did the department reasonably allocate sufficient resources each day or each week of your limited resources to gather and uh, produce with redactions as appropriate public records in response to the specific records requests? Um, if you, in my view, if you reasonably did so, then you're good, even if that took a while. If you did not, then that's a problem. So I think our job is to try to figure out whether taken together, all of the actions of HSH relative to this complaint were reasonable. Um, and I don't, I don't know enough yet. We're figuring it out, and we, you know, hopefully in the next few minutes, we'll uh, come to either a, a recommendation or not a recommendation about how the full task force um, should proceed here. I do um, agree with where I think Member Hill was going. So when you find, you know, um, for lack of a better term, a tranche of records from someone in the department that you believe to be uh, responsive, is it your current practice or can it be your practice 
to inform the requester that we have located some number of records that we believe are responsive to your inquiry, and we are assembling uh, those, reviewing for redaction, and you know tying it up with a bow, and should have something for you shortly. And even if you're not stating a specific deadline, to just indicate, you know, we found a, some more stuff. Uh, is that something that you currently do? And if and if so, is that something that you do consistently? And if not, is that something that you could do in a way that's not, you know, uh, unduly burdensome? Can you talk about that? Well, it's a great question. The inter we there have been various communications intermittently uh, with Mr. Duretsky. So generally, again, as a, as a sort of standard practice, when we make the first release, we inform them that we're working on additional releases. And if I gathers additional records for that requester, I don't normally reach out to them and say, by the way, we've got more and they're coming soon or something to that effect. What I do is if the requester responds, uh, we respond to that. Um, the other thing that has happened with Mr. Duretsky, and I've done this repeatedly, uh, is I have asked him to please prioritize his requests. I have informed him on a number that's, of occasions. That's fine. I, I'm going to come back to the, okay. the narrowing and focusing in a second. Well, no, I was going to say something different, but but oh, okay, or the prioritizing, but okay. Okay, well, no, that's fine. I can I can wait on that. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that you sometimes do, but it varies, and it's often um, when the requester uh, asks what's happening. Yes, I mean, so if, in other words, if they if they respond and if if they respond, well, I need to know more. Or, or, and we've had these communications with Mr. Mr. Doretsky where I've said, I don't know, we're working on them or something to that effect. I mean, there's been sort of, you know, email banter about these things over the course of the last six months. But we don't, to answer your question, we do not, as a standard practice, you know, update people until we have another request. We, 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 want, we want the releases to be the communication, not kind of some narrative in between releases about the status of them. Fair enough, and I, I'm not sure that I was suggesting that. Just okay that that when you find additional records that you know exist, mm -hmm. that you could inform the requester. We have these. We're going through and assembling and and uh, performing a redaction review where appropriate, et cetera, et cetera. So that it's not just in the abstract we're looking. It's that we actually have stuff, and we're we're hoping to get it to you as soon as possible. We have Where stuff. Where I've frequently done that is, especially with members of the press, and I work with many, many reporters, is if the next release is going to be, you know, longer than they would like, or there's going to be some kind of sense that they're going to be, you know, wondering why they're not getting more faster. I often reach out to reporters and say, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we haven't forgotten about you. We're still working on them. We hope to have something by the end of next week, et cetera. So I have frequently done that. But that's more of a kind of based on the relationship we have with with each requester, particularly okay. you know with reporters who we work with quite you know quite often. Okay, fair enough. I I think in part what I'm suggesting is if you could do that more consistently, and if the department could do that not just with media requesters but any public requester, if there's uh, a and you know when we get to Mr. Lim and others, you know that this is a good practice for departments to do not to write a long book about how you know the, the whole history of the vehicle triage center and and why we think we have this and we don't have that and all of that just to say you know we haven't forgotten 
we we got you some stuff last week. We found some more stuff today. Uh, we're we're going to get it to you soon. We're on. Okay, it. great. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the in a sense, I'm I'm saying that the more the city can be proactive on status where status matters, the better. Right. Obviously, it's best to get people records, but sometimes record uh, collection and, and dissemination takes time. And yes. people like to know not just that their request was received, but that somebody's on it and, you know, something is, is still coming. And where you have definite and, and concrete knowledge that you've got stuff, even better. Um, let, let me also take a, a second to ask about. Um, information gathering uh, practices. I, I, I don't want to get too far into this uh, tonight, but I did want to ask where you have, because you, you said that you try to, to figure out which staff are involved in, in various projects and you query them of what records they may have. Uh, should I assume from that 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 includes both electronic uh, records in their um, uh, email and outside email, paper records, whatever other types of records they might have. So it, it's a variety of forms, uh, forms yes. of document, but that one of the primary things that you can do, uh, it seems to me pretty easily, is if someone asks for records related to, you know, the, the vehicle triage center, is to just construct a, a query um, across email for anything related to vehicle triage center um, throughout the department and see what comes up and, and cross-reference that with people who you think have been involved in a project. Am I way off here? No, no, we, um, I, I think I understand what you're asking. Um, it all depends on the language of the request, of course. Um, if the requester, yeah, if the requester is asking for something like in the case of Mr. Doretsky, often all communications about this topic or between these agencies or et cetera, then it obviously becomes quite voluminous and quite um, uh, complex to, to you know, retrieve. Um, so it really depends on the language of the request. If they're asking for policies, you know, those are generally just documents or they're asking for budgets or contracts. And by the way, those sorts of things are very easy to turn around because they don't really need to be reviewed. And right. so it's the emails and the, you know, redaction of, of client information that and the legal issues that are challenging. Understood. So maybe to Mr. Dworetsky for a moment, um, I, I guess I would just encourage you in future requests, assuming you're continuing to pursue uh, the department and this issue, which is great. Um, the more I think you can clarify in an initial request or in a clarification or um, follow up uh, uh, back and forth that you're particularly interested in budget and policy, perhaps contracts, that's all fair, but you're presumably not so interested in specific names of clients and you understand that if there are uh, documents that necessarily involve names that that will require more time to redact and if in fact you're not really interested in things that have people's names then it's fine for the department to exclude uh, records that include names so long as 
the summary totals of, hey, last night there were 93 uh, people at this site, or over the last six months there was an average of 56, and the waiting list is blah, 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 and you know the contract with XYZ services is a half a million, and here's a copy of the contract, and you know the last six months of performance reports, or whatever the heck. I'm just presuming a little bit. Um, Mr. Dworowski, does that make some sense? Well, thank you very much for that suggestion. Um, not to go too deeply in it, I have tried on many occasions to narrow requests at the request of um, Mr. Hamilton or his colleagues. Um, but I do ask you to keep in mind that my coverage has been, you know, has not been flattering to HSH. And it's not just, you know, um, if you if you listen to what Mr. Hamilton said about his process, he's sending out inquiries to people in the department. Some of the people are people that I've criticized, that my writing is criticized. And if if the department believes that it's just fine to collect things without regard to the ordinance requirements in terms of timing, then the whole range of players, some of whom who don't like what I've been writing, um, any one of them can just hold a document. Um, it's not, you know, Mr. Hamilton is not the author of any of these documents. He's just a collector. And the fact that he thinks it's reasonable to ask people to send things in um, is, is fine, but it doesn't respond to the purpose of the ordinance, which is to allow the press, and by the press, I mean the public, to have access to documents that maybe the department doesn't want people to see. When I ask for records about two items that are relevant to budget hearings a month before, and I don't get the final documents until a month after, there's been a real loss for the public process. And so I ask you to keep in mind that this is not, we're, it's not like we're, you know, that these are inconsequential matters that we're all just trying to find a way to be friendly about. This is a process that's set up recognizing that the press is at times an irritant to people running a department. And the one thing that I really want to ask your um, members of the committee to do is in your packets at page 202 and 203 is a questionnaire that Ms. Ledger sent out to HSH um, with information that uh, is requested to be included in their responsive package. And I won't read them all here, but you know, if you looked at the questions that were asked, of HSAs to prepare for this hearing and to meet their burden um, under the statute for withholding. These are very detailed questions of the kind that, um, that Commissioner Pilpel is asking. Um, but instead of having just somebody, you know, respond in generalities, this requires the department to put down on paper what they actually did with my searches, who they put on the list, when did they go out? If they had done that as they were required to do, um, I could, you know, I could get into the specifics of them. I would know what they did. All we know is that Mr. Hamilton thinks that they follow a nice process and a reasonable one. And he seems to be, a, you know, a nice enough uh, person, but that isn't what the Sunshine Ordinance is about. And if we make it, if we, if we ignore what the deadlines are in the, in the ordinance um, in favor of just, you know, everybody being nice, we're going to lose that information that the public should have. Again, a $700 million budget, 
a four hundred a forty three million dollar budget increase in a year when ever, all the other departments or most of them were cut. This is important stuff. And okay, Mr. Dorowski, I I don't mean to cut you off, except that I mean to cut you off. I get it. <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not minimizing the the concern, and you know <laughs> certainly homelessness is a very big issue and problem in the city that is you know arguably solvable or insolvable and has consumed many resources, and there's lots of uh, documentation about it. And there continues to be and should be uh, good journalism around it. So I, I, I'm not in, in any disagreement. Um, I would hope that at the same time, Mr. Hamilton and the rest of the gang at uh, HSH are doing what they can within their uh, resource resources to make records available. Um, so let me just go to that for a, a brief moment. Um, I believe Shireen is currently the executive director uh, over there. I don't remember what Emily's uh, current uh, position is. Deputy director she, or director she's of something? The, she's the deputy director for communications and legislative affairs. Got it. Okay. And do you currently roll up to her through Dylan Schneider? Is that correct. the scheme? That's correct. Okay. All right. So that's cool. So you are the point person for public records, whether it's media or non-media uh, at HSH? Okay. That's correct. Good. And that's what I and that's what I do pretty much full time. And I'm sure there's plenty to do. Understood. Yes. Um and in your absence, um your backup person is? Uh our legislative analyst, Bryn Miller. Okay. As as and well as Dylan who who helps as well. Okay, so it's like the two of you rolling up to Dylan, to Emily, to Shereen. Cool. Correct. Uh, because one of the things that I'm hoping we can do at the task force, and this is to Cheryl, is to maintain a list of, uh, and this is to Victor and anybody else who's listening, to maintain a list of the primary records person in each department and the backup person and where appropriate a supervisor or manager so that when we need to get something that it's not just you or whoever the point person is but that's at least somebody else in the department particularly large departments that somebody else is in the loop and it's not oh we can't deal with it because that person's on vacation or they're sick today or blah 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 somebody else should have access to the database and the list and knows something about what's going on so you're with that and you have that in place in general, would you say, uh, Jeff, that HSH has sufficient resources to deal with the volume of public records requests that you receive? Are there significant resource constraints at this time over there? And I'll again, I'll ask this of other departments in the future. Sure. Um, well, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, as you know, any of the departments have positively zero control over the number and volume of requests that come in. But over uh, over time in general. Yes, but what I was gonna say is, you know, we have these weird times where there's, you know, nothing. And then January, February, March, April, I got something like 40 requests. Um, so you have these sort of feast or famine kind of things where you just get an avalanche of them. Um, and, you know, people were sort of amazed that I didn't run screaming out of the building um, in February and March. So 
it really, I mean, I wish I could be more precise in my answer. I think overall, as it evens out over the year, um, we do have sufficient resources and my colleagues have jumped on, you know, on these quickly to do a lot of redacting or to process records, you know, and help me with that. Um, so, and, you know, I, you know, I think, I, I mean, I could quantify this, but we overwhelmingly comply with deadlines. We overwhelmingly get, you know, uh, releases out within 10 days. We almost, almost always, probably 99% of the time, we acknowledge receipt of the requests. We close the requests. You know, there's my name and a phone number. There's somebody that they can talk yep. to. And I like that, by the way, I noticed that in the responses that it didn't just say, you know, generic public records person at HSH that it, in, in all cases, I think it had your name, title and contact info. That's good. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, again, I don't know if I'm answering your question. I, I think it's a difficult, challenging uh, process, as you know, and there's lots of technical challenges in terms of software programs and file conversions and excel spreadsheets and pdfing things and, and yep. that's that's actually the part that that is the most difficult it's not the retrieving of the records it's the processing of them yeah. so we you know we do the best we can and i think overall on a year-by-year -year basis we have a good system it's accountable and um, people our staff you know are responsive and we get we've had a total of two complaints in the two years i've been in this job with your with the task force so i hope that that's evidence at least to some extent that we are complying and and being diligent yes although you know greater than zero is still greater than zero so uh, <laughs> to to that point if there are things that you can look at uh in next year's uh budget if that's uh, appropriate if there are things that you can think about within the department as to seasonality um and whether there are uh, some staff be they uh interns or analysts or others that you can recruit to be available that know a little bit about redaction and review and PDFing and, and whatnot, where you say, yes. look, can I just have that person for two hours today? Um, that and, and if this is something that can be done uh, work at home as opposed to being in the office, whatever. If there, are things, yeah. if there are ways that the department can be more nimble in responding to things when you get more of the avalanche uh, and release those resources when there's less, you certainly know about dealing with seasonality of things you've yes. been around and all of that. So that that's a comment. Um, and then just finally, if there hasn't been a communication from Shireen or some other appropriate voice in the department to communicate very clearly that not only is it a, a difficult job and a difficult department and, and all that, but that when you get request for information that they should be uh, treated respectfully, regardless of how critical the person has been of the department and its actors and its services and all that. And that, you know, in a way you, you, you can be sort of colorblind like that. It's probably not the best word, whatever. Yes. Just respond to the request because whether somebody likes what you're doing, doesn't like what you're doing, likes you as a person, doesn't like you as a person, if they've made a record uh, request, if it's, you know, clear enough that that's what you got to do is find the records and make them available. And that's what we do here. Um, and, and having that come from the top and say, look, you know, that's it. You've got other issues to deal with. You got contracts, you got people, you got negotiations with the, the port, you got MTA, you got all kinds of 
for lack of a better term, fakakta stuff going on over there. But you got to make clear that that's what we do. And I, I, I think the more that can be, you know, occasionally repeated to staff, just like, you know, anti-harassment training and all kinds of other messages. What I heard from Mr. Dworetsky is he's concerned that uh, some may not be as um, uh, forthcoming with records because it may uh, put the department in a bad light. Can I can I speak to that? Yeah, please do. Okay, great. First of all, when I interviewed for the position, one of the questions and concerns I had was, you know, were the staff uh, compliant and aware of sunshine because I didn't want to spend my time, you know, browbeating and harassing and haranguing and and, and you know, cat hurting the cats. Uh, and in fact, uh, every year at one of our all staff. Uh, monthly all staff meetings once a year. We have all staff meetings once or twice a week that Shireen, our department head, uh, um, you know, speaks at and, and um, hosts. Once a year, I uh, do a training uh, for the entire staff on Sunshine, um, a PowerPoint presentation, which I'd be happy to forward you, um, that highlights the importance of Sunshine, what it means, and in, in the deadlines, and you know, we don't give them the whole, you know. With some specific examples at HSH as opposed to generic stuff. Yes. Good. And um, so we emphasize that the importance of being responsive to sunshine requests. And I would say, you know, nobody, not live, not one of our 200 and whatever it is now, 80 staff um, hasn't heard or read about or seen a critical article uh, about the department. It kind of goes with the territory when you work for the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. So these are not people who are faint of heart and they're perfectly aware of the fact that this is a challenging and difficult issue that we deal with every day. So, you know, if anything, actually, you know, I the staff are overly <laughs> sometimes, you know, they're sort of overly um, uh, generous and they send records that are not responsive because they are afraid they might be. So I've actually found we have the opposite problem. It's not that people don't give us records, is that and that they give us too many records, or they give us records that don't actually speak to the to the request. I get dozens of emails from people that are quite fastidious, saying, you know, it seems like this is responsive, but I'm not sure. What do you think? Or can I jump on a call and discuss this with you? It has not at all been my experience. That our staff are sitting on records or hiding things or refusing to respond to things. So that, that just is not an accurate portrait. Okay. All right. Um, I feel like I've sort of heard enough for tonight. Member Hill, or, are you good? Um, um, yeah, I'll just close with, yeah. with um, I mean, a couple of things I was just still, I, I like wasn't, I was looking, trying to find, you know, I, I'm, I'm still trying to just make sure that all things considered, um, um, you know, did, you know, if if the request needed to trying to I'm trying to remember the exact words, Mr. Hamill, that you use, like if the if if the request needed to have um, that you needed to consult with other interested part parties and in departments, um, um, you know, because of the voluminous nature of, of information that was requested, um, were we compliant in communicating? A 10 day ex, you know, that, that you needed to do that and, and, and then the, thereby granting you the extra days. So, I, I don't, I'm not sure I ever got an answer to that. Um, um, so that's, that's 1 thing that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Good. I'm not quite clear what the question is. I'm sorry. I, I think member 
if if I might, Please. I think Member Hill was commenting that where the department needed to invoke an extension because mm -hmm. it needed to search for documents in uh, remote locations, it was a voluminous request, or there was a need to consult with another department or perform uh, redaction reviews. Did the department, in all cases, communicate that to the requester? Yes. And Member Hill is saying that he did not hear enough to answer that question tonight. And and, and frankly, I That's didn't fine. I didn't hear that. Uh, I didn't hear a good answer to that either. I didn't hear that. I, I heard that we do it. I heard that we don't necessarily do it all the time, consistently, every time, and that we could do better. I, I didn't hear that we do a terrible job. I didn't hear that we do the best job ever. There was somewhere in between, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. No, no, you know, no, nothing personal taken. We're just trying to understand whether the rules were adhered to or not. So, okay. Um, so where? Hold on one second. Sure. We'll give you, we'll give you another opportunity in a moment. Okay. Um, so where I am is, uh, I think we've heard it enough tonight. I would suggest that we forward this to the task force. Um, I think we could either forward this without a recommendation or with a recommendation to find a timeliness violation. Um, uh, understanding all of what we just said and uh, with that, um, I would encourage uh, HSH in a further response to the full task force when this is heard to address um, the questions on pages 202 and 203 of the packet um, in a little more specificity. I did see uh, the department's uh, re response on page 216 to 218, but I agree that it is a bit of a, um, it's not completely cursory, but that it could be more detailed in explaining in this instance, not just whether records were uh, produced and requests closed, um, but perhaps, and, and you can look at other examples of other departments that we've seen recently, TTX, et cetera, um, the number of hours spent, the back and forth, the narrowing, you know, that there are ways that you can demonstrate that you either did or didn't reasonably um, do what the department uh, is expected to do under the circumstances, and that'll be up to the full task force to, to determine. Does that? Um, yes, and I, again, I'll just say that, like you know, all due respect, I know probably ninety five percent of the time you got it right, um, uh, but we're just here trying to figure out if that five percent of the time you know just needs to be called out. Um, uh, and um, yeah, so I mean, I, I would, I would certainly be, um, if we feel like that by their own admission. Um, uh, you know that they were, um, you know, running late on some of the responses. Then I then, um, you know, to me it would it would seem appropriate to make a recommendation to that effect. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm. I I yeah. could be there. I could yeah. not be there. I I don't know. And well, if you're not, then well, we then we can also we'll, like we'll not see make in a, a second. Yeah. Right. Um, it, in any event, I don't think that there was any real ill intent here. If Absolutely. anything, I think that we're. Kind of having a bit of a dialogue on ways to make things better and be more responsive because there will be more stories about homelessness in san francisco i, I mean unless you solved it this afternoon while we're sitting here and i kind of doubt that i suspect that there will be more money spent more people concerned uh, and more stories written 
I remember people, I'll just say, you know, this is the first time you've had an opportunity to sit on a, in, in a committee together. Um, I actually really appreciate the fact that you're like taking the time to try to like help people understand um, on both sides of it. So, um, um, you know, it's, it's not something that, you know, I mean, we have a lot of cases that we have to hear and understand why there needs to be uh, expediency, but I actually really appreciate um, your, um, you know, the color that you're adding in the, in the, in the information that you're providing to the to folks that are here. So thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next phase here. So we had discussion, uh, respondent and complainant presents clarification and rebuttals. So I think we start with the respondent first. So, um, Mr. Hamilton, this is your uh, three minutes of uh, wrap up rebuttal and anything further you want to add. Ah, okay, I don't have a whole lot more to add. Um, I will say to your point about doing things better, um, we've progressed a lot in the last couple of years. We had a series of, of kind of temporary, different rotating kind of staff handling sunshine. And when I came in, um, things were on spreadsheets and there was, you know, kind of uh, documents and had been handed off to different people and filed in different locations. And we've really done a lot of work not just in terms of, you know, the responses to current requests, but they're creating a system. We have, you know, we use Asana, which is kind of a dashboard that allows us to track all the requests and assign them with numbers to keep track of who, which, you know, documents are we're waiting from for each uh, employee. Um, and, you know, we have a, we're, we're using a next request in the background uh, to manage these requests and we'll be migrating to that being our public site um uh, sometime i don't know exactly when but sometime i imagine sometime in the next three to six months so you know that actually will make it much more easier to track these requests and to track responses from staff i don't know if you have used next request either of you as members or if you you have views of views about it but um we are excited about you know continuing to improve the process that we use to track these requests um so again i don't have a whole lot more to add um, I do think that it's important to underscore the fact that, you know, it is not the responsibility of Sunshine staff in any department to know the intricacies of the media timelines and hearings and budget releases and so forth uh, of the city. Uh, and that that's why it's important to collaborate with media relations staff so that they can assist reporters in meeting their deadlines. We work with dozens of reporters on an annual basis from the Wall Street Journal, from the New York Times, from you know, outlets all over the country. We have a very good working relationship with the press and we're very good at managing deadlines so that they get what they need by the time they're writing a story. And I would again, encourage Mr. Duretsky to collaborate with our media relations staff to that effect. Thank you. Okay. Um, thank you. And uh, Mr. Dworetsky. Thank ahead. you. I'll also be brief. Uh, first, though, I wanted to respond to um, Member Hill's question about invoking the time period for additional response in the case of voluminous things. I can report, and it will be reflected in the documents that you have, that in none of the public records requests that I've made, have the department ever asked for that additional 10 day extension or invoked it in a timely manner. Um, so that leaves me just to this sort of the, you know, an overall wrap up is, um, I think that 
it, it, this the sunshine ordinance changes the picture of what people are supposed to do in responding to members of the public and to the press. And it does create a set of deadlines. It doesn't create a world in which people can just decide what they think is reasonable. If the in the papers that I filed in our rejoinder, I point out that the the idea is not to give departments control and determination over what's relevant or when they can produce it. And while Mr. Hamilton is, you know, undoubtedly has a lot of um, work to do, uh, again, this is a huge department on very important things, and they are governed by not a, a sense of reasonableness. They're governed by the, what the ordinance says about when they have to produce, and they don't do that for me. The average production in my cases is over two months, um, and that's also in the materials. And that just isn't, you know, it isn't right. And you know, I think that it's it would be a mistake to just rely on a generic statement that we're all doing, you know, everything we can. Um, that's not what the ordinance requires, and and without somebody to enforce it, the public will suffer. Thank you very much for your time. Great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and at, at, at the risk of being obvious, um, I think you're both right. So, you know, let's, this could go either way, I think, um, on our interpretation of the law and the, the facts. Uh, I think we had a, a reasonable dialogue about how things can be better. Uh, I think, you know, points were made on both sides. So I will, thank you, and that ends my comment. Um, and so I will uh, ask Member Hill, what's your preference in, in terms of either recommending finding a, a violation or uh, with no recommendation? I, I, that That's where I think we're down to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we definitely have jurisdiction for yeah. sure. Um, so I think there's no question there. Um, <clears throat> You know, I have, I've been hovering around, you know, 6725B, obviously, uh, because it has, it specifically calls this out. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to get to, you know, true or false, um, uh, you know, you know, did, did, and I, and I, I I'm used to, um, uh, you know, I've had a couple of records requests with HSH when like, like, I'm, I'm surprised to hear this actually did not happen uh, because I, I've had records requests where it has, um, uh, you know, within 10 days, I would get the notice that they needed more time. Um, and um, they took that time and they got me everything that I needed in a time, you know, in, in that fashion, you know, so, um, but I haven't heard from Mr. Hamilton that uh, that, that did happen. Um, uh, and we also heard from the petitioner um, or the, from the complainant that it, um, um, that it did not. You know, so I, I'm I'm hovering around 6725B um, at the very least. Am I allowed to speak to that? Uh, oh, hold on for one second. Just a moment. Um, I think actually it's not 67.25 because that would be for an IDR, and I don't think any of these were fashioned as an IDR. I think it's 21. Oh, oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm looking at 21 ABC or AB, right? Um, so I'm sorry. So yeah, 21. It, it really comes down to, did they, I think, did they reasonably comply with a, a record request or in this case with a series of, of records requests 
um, I mean, it would be easier if it were a single request for a single document. Did they get it? Didn't That's they? Why right. But yeah. because it's a series of requests over time that required right. da da da. I mean, it's almost like the complaint needed to be triaged and sent okay. to the complaint triage center. Oh Never mind. Um, and and, it, and and it's it's tolerable. So and anyway, it if your sense, it, I'll leave it to you. So if you want to recommend that we find a violation at this point, um, I'm happy to support that. If you want to recommend that we uh, not find a violation or that we don't have enough information and that we've asked and, and we can ask the parties to, you know, drill down a, a little more for the, the further hearing at the full task force as to why on this, not in general, but on this specific complaint with these with this series of requests, whether the department reasonably complied or not, and that we don't have enough, enough information tonight. We can do that. That's fine. Um, you know, so I apologize. You're right. I'm, I'm now looking at 6721B, uh, that as soon as possible within 10 days following receipt of requests, they shall comply with that request. Um, um, and if there believes that the information requested is not public, that the custodian shall justify withholding any record demonstrating in writing. Um, that I, I, I'm, I'll actually will, um, I, I think I am going to lean towards making that recommendation, um, mostly just out of, um, you know, I, I feel like that, that, um, you know, unless there's any further comment as to why this isn't the case, because I actually heard an admission earlier, okay. um, that, um, and that's okay. You know, let's just all, it's like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, if th things happen, but, um, if we need to, if we need to draw it out, then we'll draw it out. Um, I think by not making uh, a recommendation, um, you know, it's like we had, we, we covered a lot. There was a lot of things that was heard. I certainly wouldn't want to have the full, the full committee or the, the, the full board have to rehash that. Um, and, you know, you know, so, um, I, I feel like that me personally, I have enough information to make that motion. Okay, that's fine. So I will second and let me restate so that we're clear yes. um, to Cheryl. This is uh, a motion to recommend that the full task force find jurisdiction um, and find a violation of section 67.21B for failure to um, respond to a request for public records in a timely and or complete manner. Um, and that's with the information that we have tonight and if the complainant wants to provide uh, further uh, evidence in support of their position, that's great. And if the respondent has, you know, something further and more detailed, perhaps along the lines of pages 202 and 203, that would re uh, refute that, um, I think, you know, we're certainly both open to, to being persuaded that there may not be a violation here. And I think the task force hasn't, the full task force hasn't heard this um, and, you know, could go either way. So I, I don't think this is a slam dunk one way or the other. Um, so, you know, feed us a little more uh, both sides uh, at the full task force is what I would suggest. Does that? Absolutely. This is a okay. recommendation based off of yep. information that we've gathered today, um, uh, you know, but uh, that's why we have the opportunity to hear this in front of the full board. Okay. Um, and thank you to uh, both sides. Let's open this up for uh, public comment and then take a vote. Is there any uh, public comment? Can I just go ahead and restate slightly? I believe the motion will, would be to find that task force has jurisdiction. Uh, the requested records are public and to refer the matter to the SOTF for hearing with recommendations as you stated. 
Yes, that. <laughs> and let's uh, open it up for public comment. Yes, uh, if you would like to make public comment on this matter, you can raise your hand at this time. If you're on the phone, you can press star three, otherwise use the application to raise your hand. If in, you're in the room, you can approach the podium. I will go ahead and unmute our one public commenter. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, 6721K that you uh, have to take either the CPRA or the Sunshine Ordinance, which is stronger. In this case, uh, CPRA 7922.535 is stronger about this case. So one of the things it says is uh, on number B, it says, no notice shall specify a date that would result in an extension for more than 14 days. So you have to give uh, a notice of what date uh, within. And this also has where the unusual circumstances are located in C. And down there is voluminous. And you, you in the 10 days or so, you're supposed to figure out whether it's a voluminous amount of separate and distinct records that are demanded in the single request. It's not you guess. Also, if you're going to do a rolling basis, which is in the IDR, you, you, you can't like clump it. You know, you have to, uh, it says this section is intended to prohibit the withholding of public records that are responsive to the record request until a potential responsive document has been reviewed or collected. You have to uh, produce it at, at, by the end of the same day. They are reviewed and collected. That's 6725T. Uh, um, I guess that's a lot at you. Um, take care. Have a good night. Bye. And that was Mr. Sullivan? Yeah. Yes. Th thank you for your comment. Appreciate it. Is there any further public comment? Victor? Any other hands raised? I do not see additional uh, public commenters. All right. Seeing no further public comment, public comment is closed on item five. Uh, there's a motion. Uh, Cheryl, a roll call, please. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Chair Pilpel? Aye. Chair Pilpel, aye. Moved by Member Hill, seconded by Chair Pilpel. Find that there is jurisdiction in the records of public and to find a violation of 6721B for not responding to a records request in a complete and timely manner. Great. Um, motion uh, passed. That'll be um, heard by the full task force at some point in the future. And again, I would encourage um, both parties to provide some more information if you uh, deem that helpful. And thank you for engaging in the dialogue. Um, Very much. Thanks, both of you. Uh, let's. Mr. Chairman, this is Victor. Yeah. Yes, uh, I just want to let you know we did receive an email um, from Mr. Manette Shaw saying that he is um, he's having a flare-up and. He would like to postpone this matter. Okay. Uh, we received this email at 3.39 today. Okay. Uh, thank you. I, I'm not sure how we describe flare up in the minutes, but you know what? We'll figure it out. 
Uh, Victor, can you, uh, uh, sorry, Victor number two, can you uh, approach? Um, do you, uh, and this is uh, Victor Lim on behalf of DPH, correct? Yes, yes, sir. Got it. Okay. Uh, do you have any objection to continuing the matter based on the flare-up that we now have learned? Not about? at all. I hope that Mr. Minette Shaw gets well very soon. Okay. Because, you know, the health department, never mind. We care about people's holy health, yes. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. So give me a second to make a note here. Okay, so what I heard was no objection from the respondent to a continuance based on non-appearance by the complainant due to the flare-up. We have an email, that'll be in the file. Um, this matter has not been heard before, so I don't know if it would still be heard here or might be heard by a different committee. Cheryl, is that our normal practice that it could be here or it could be sent elsewhere? What do you mean? That if we continue uh, There's it, no standard on this. Got it, no, okay. It'll, it'll stay with the committee. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. does it? It stays with the committee. Okay, because when we talked about the two Sullivan complaints, they might be heard elsewhere. I... Victor, sorry, Victor number one. There's no, generally, there's no, uh, Policy since it has not yet been heard, we can move it around. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, so would it be appropriate to entertain a motion to continue the matter to a future hearing whenever? Uh, wherever I would just that simplify it and just say continue to the call of the chair, yeah. and we can we deal can, with it. We can do that. Okay. Um, Member Hill, did you want to, you know, do that? Yes. Um, um, so I'll, I'll um, make the motion to um, uh, continue the matter to the call of the chair. File number 26063 to continue the matter to the call of the chair. Thank you. Yes. If there's anybody who would like to make public comment on the motion to continue, you can raise your hand at this time by pressing star three on the telephone or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. I'll give you a few moments. And by the way, I will second the motion. I see no indications for public comment. What am I, chopped liver here? Um, okay, so there being no public uh, comment, let me just uh, make a, a quick observation uh, to Victor Lim. Since you sat through the last thing, you were paying attention. And I think Victor. much of what we discussed may apply in the instant case and certainly applies more broadly to DPH. I believe that there were some responses from DPH that just had a generic DPH records officer kind of thing. And would you like to me to speak on that? Or? No, not right now, but, but in the future, if you can take the sense of the discussion back to your folks yes, and yes. all of that DPH is also not a small department with a large number of requests facilities and programs and services all over the place. 
and not a <laughs> not a simple place to deal with. Um, so I think, right. it, and and frankly, it's even bigger than HSH. So all of what we said times 20 or so applies to, to DPH. Yes. For the record, we have uh, 7,700 plus employees yes. and more than 10 divisions. We are using next request. Yeah. And so for our purposes, uh, depending on which division the request is submitted to. We, we don't need to do all this no, right now. Thank you. But, but, but you get it. And yes, I get we'll, it. we'll hear more about DPH in the yes. future. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do they say? DPH ain't going anywhere. That's right. Right. It may be across the street. You may move at some point, but it, as a, an entity, it's not going anywhere. And you know, I've been handling this for 15 years since I was a board aide. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So more on DPH in the future. We have a, a motion in a second. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We know where to find you. You've got a backup person. Will Cheryl's got all that. Yes. Cheryl knows where to find you. Yes. Yes. Good. We have a clerk. We have several other folks backing us up. Three got others. It. No more Eileen Shields. Uh, the the sunshine mailbox is checked by multiple people. Excellent. Yes. That's what we want. Yeah. Multiple access. Good. Contingency plan. Okay. No more Eileen Shields, but still, you've got other people. Right. Right. She was a great. She was great. Um, okay. Um, so motion and a second. There was no public uh, no comment. Take a vote. Uh, yes, let's do that. Uh, Member Hill. Aye. Member Hill. Aye. Chair Pilpel. Aye. Chair Pilpel. Aye. Uh, move to continue the matter to the call of the chair. Great. Thank you, and thank you, Victor, for spending oh, some time with time. us. Thank you. We will see you again. Yeah. Bye bye. Very good. Okay. Thank you, both Victors. Now we're down to only one Victor, but it's okay. All right, uh, let's call item six. What? This is the. Oh, wait, this just in? Email from David, from uh, Patrick Monet Shaw that we got yesterday. Oh, got it. This was, this was yesterday at 3.39, not today. Okay. Okay, I did not have this. Early. You can keep that. I, I think I have. Maybe I did have this. Okay, too much stuff. All right, thank you. I can. You can keep that. Yeah. Got it. Okay, and you'll put it in the file. All right, thank you very much. Let's, um, as we stretch for a moment, uh, let's call item six, and I believe the. Um, 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 hold on. I believe Richard was here from HV Safe, and I'm not sure if we had somebody from the police department. So let's. Call it and hear it. All right. Uh, file number uh, item number six. File number two two one two nine. Complaint filed by HV Safe against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section sixty seven twenty five by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request for public records in a timely and or complete manner. On January twenty four, twenty twenty three, the Education Outreach and Training Committee continued the matter to the call of the chair and requested that an update be sent to the committee by February third, uh, twenty twenty-three, and that update should be concluded in the packet. Got it. Okay. So with that, let's see who's here. Do we still have Richard? And I'm sorry I did not get your uh last name. If you're a party in this matter, be if you can raise your hand, it would be appreciated. Okay, I have unmuted two callers who have indicated they are. With... Yes, my name. My name is Richard Johnson. I'm with HV Safe. Got it. Okay. 
Excellent. And? And this is Lieutenant Toomey with the San Francisco Police Department. Great. Thank you. Um, okay. Are we good to go? Yeah. Okay. I have no disclosures or recusals on this matter. I've looked at some of the material briefly. So uh, this is a follow-up. Um, hold on a second. Uh, Cheryl or Victor, can you remind me this was a complaint that was first heard at EOT in January and was not has not gone to the full task force and come back. This is still in committee to so gather more information. For the order of the of the January twenty four meeting, yep. this was to be remain in this committee until until we have gathered sufficient stuff to okay. All right. So that's where we're at procedurally. Member Hill, do you is there anything you want to add? Okay. So uh, why don't we hear for five minutes uh, each from both sides as to uh, where we're at? And again, if you can point us to specific pages uh, in the packet, that would be fabu. Um, let's hear from the uh, complainant, uh, Mr. Johnson. Are you ready to begin, sir? Hello. Um, actually, can I? Hello. Yes, I'm right here. How can I help you, sir? Victor, did we lose him? Hello? Yep. We can hear um, you. Okay. So I guess you didn't lose me. Um, I would like to defer to the other person who's present for HV Safe uh, to speak on this. Great. That's fine. And who is that person? Mish, do you want to speak? Somebody talk to me. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I'm the other party from HV Safe. Um, Can you tell us who you are for a second? Uh, my name is Mitch. Uh, I work with Richard. I think what he wants me to kind of fill Hold on in. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Hold on. Could you give your full name, please, and title? Mitch Wreckers. Do we Can you spell that, please? M I C H, last name Wreckers, R E C K E R S. Thank you. Okay. Excellent. So, Excellent. thank you. Uh, there's been a little confusion on our part. Um, one of the things we want to address is that on a number of documents, SF safe is being used where HV safe needs to be listed. So there has been a little bit of confusion uh, on the document end of things. My, our understanding why we're here today is that uh, in addition to the complaint, uh, the complaint goes back to where we were uh, requesting a copy of a recording uh, from SF safe for a public safety meeting that they hosted with SFPD. Uh, that's the origins of this complaint. It's kind of moved along into other directions because what we have here is we have the SFPD that I guess is uh, you know working with SF Safe, and there's been some questions whether SF Safe 
falls under the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force because it's a nonprofit uh, with grants, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, Mr. Toomey could probably fill us in a little bit more there. But we've come to this meeting trying to really understand. We're kind of new at this, so there's been some nuances along the way where things stand. And, you know, I guess ultimately we'd still like to know if we can get our hands on the copy of this recording, but it feels like, you know, that's what we're here to sort out. So that's the long short of it. Okay. Uh, thank you. And I guess we weren't timing, but that was fine. Uh, we will have some <laughs> questions and clarifications. So I appreciate that intro. Uh, okay. Uh, Richard, did you want to chime in anything else or are you good with that for the moment? Um, yes, actually, I would like to chime in a little bit more on this. Um, basically, as I said, what we're looking for is a recording that SF safe and it's, um, San Francisco safe, which is a nonprofit associated with the police department. Um, they were actually helping to host during the COVID era, era, a zoom meetings. And they were from our understanding, the person that would be in that would hold the recording of the meeting. And that's what we're actually asking for. And the police have stated that they seem to think that this document is not is not able to be uh, presented to us. And that's what where our beef is. Okay, we will believe me, we will get to that very shortly. Um, okay, so I think we're good for the complainant side. I didn't hear that person's name. Uh, that was uh, Richard uh, Johnson. Right? Mr. Johnson? Richard Johnson? Yeah. Yes. All right. I think we're good. Uh, and if somebody's got noise in the background, so if you can uh, mute on your side uh, when you're not speaking, that would be great. Um, uh, Lieutenant Toomey, let's hear what the police department has on this right now. Sure. Uh, good evening. Uh, as we uh, first admitted in our initial response to the task force, uh, we do take full responsibility for the timely manner of our response to HV safe. So the uh, the first con uh, the first concern of being not in a timely manner, uh, we do um, apologize for that oversight. With uh, regards to this specific request for this uh, recording of this uh, community meeting, as we mentioned. Uh, at the last meeting uh, of the committee, we are not in possession of the recording. We were never in possession of the recording. We do not regularly use the recordings in the normal course and scope of our business. Uh, SF Safe is the organization that uh, produced the recording. Um, we have asked SF Safe for that recording ourselves so that if we could get our hands on it, we would be able to then provided to HB safe, uh, but we were advised by SF safe uh, that that recording no longer exists. So we do not, we are not in possession of it. To follow up on a request that the committee had made with regards to is SF safe under the jurisdiction of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, uh, I did some research and was able to provide to Cheryl uh, and the task force uh, the documents that we have that are the contractual obligations between SF Safe uh, and the San Francisco Police Department. Uh, in my layman's review of those documents, uh, I could not see a clause or understanding 
that would have made SF safe under the purview of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. Um, but again, that is, re I don't really feel as comfortable uh, making the full determination of that uh, based on the fact that uh, I was able to provide those documents, review them as a lay person. Um, but it is my understanding and belief that the task force and the ordinance uh, does not apply to SF state as an organization, meaning I don't believe that a member of the public could uh, make a request of SF safe um, based on the authority or the um, the force of the ordinance as it is uh, in the city charter. Uh, with that, again, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Okay, I, I appreciate that. And um, I do have a, a few questions. Uh, Member Hill, shall I? Yes, please. Okay, um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we do not go down the, the 12L route tonight of the detailed relationship between the police department and SF safe and what functions they provide and exactly how that all works. We certainly can. I'm not particularly interested in that tonight. I would like to focus on the specific request from HV safe, the complainant here, which was looking for uh, the Zoom recording of the October 11th, 2022 Northern Station Community Safety Meeting hosted by SF Safe, and further any or all communications of any form between your agency's official between the police and SF Safe regarding meeting attendee registration requirements from January 1st, 2020 to present. That was the italicized stuff um, in various documents, including page 275 and page 276 in the police department's uh, response, um, acknowledging uh, an untimely uh, response in part because the request went to uh, an email address that is not regularly monitored. Um, so I'm just taking that as, at face value that the police were, in this case, were not trying to delay production, but when it was pointed out to them, they uh, responded uh, quickly um, and did a diligent search and believe that they have no uh, responsive records, I guess. Um, anyway, that's, that's how I'm reading it. Um, so first to uh richard and mish can i refer to you as such yes okay um so does that fairly state and what you what you were looking for which was both that specific zoom recording from that date of that specific meeting and more broadly all communications between the police and sf safe regarding meeting attendee registration requirements for the two year period or three year period excuse me is that fair um yes because as an attendee of the the northern station meetings i regularly brought up that question of what was the need to pre-register for zoom meetings instead of in fact during the era of covid uh, basically Groups would just send the link and then you would click on the link and you'd be into the meeting. Each time with these meetings, you had to register 
uh, with the meeting and in asking that question, that's when it was, and that's why it's essential to see the tape. And we've actually asked for correspondence between Kyra Worthington of the, who heads the SF safe and between Captain Jackson of the discussion of the necessity uh, it, via emails, the necessity for um, members to register each time and what was done with that registration. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to some of that uh, in a moment. Can I just clarify? Um, and Lieutenant Toomey, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Northern Station and how it operates and the differences between the district stations. I believe you've been in, in legal for a while, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the police department is, what do they say, uh, uh, an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Wrapped in a, anyway, if police department's an interesting place. Um, first, back to, to Richard and, and Mitch, can you clarify if this is the monthly station public meeting or if this is the station advisory board meeting because i believe there are two meetings a month you know last week i was at Terravel station which was the public meeting not the advisory board meeting and this was in person and there was a sign-in list so i get where you may be going with this maybe but I wanted to just clarify which of those two meetings, or is this a third thing that is different at Northern, which is entirely possible. Can you help me with that? That was to Richard and Mitch. Um, as for someone who has worked with Northern since the early 90s, um, and going to, it was for the monthly community meeting, which is open, open to the community at large, whereas the citizen advisory board is more so a group of people that is selected by each station's captain yep. to hold a monthly meeting. And you're correct about sign-in sheets. I was a person, and when we ran the meetings, uh, un unlike what SF Safe does, it was more so under the police community relations forums where it ha actually had citizens that were elected, president, the secretary. And so we would take the sign-in sheets to use to build a mailing list. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, um, I have no issue with sign-in sheets, but where my issue is, it's in this meeting, it was stated that these sign-in sheets were being turned over to the federal government. So that's why it's essential for us to get a copy of this meeting. And for me to have SF Safe say they don't have a copy of this recording because they are the custodians for the community, community benefit district cameras that are run throughout this the city and they're the ones that get permission to see the tape or not. So I kind of find it hard to believe that SFSA doesn't have the capability of recording these Zoom meetings. And that's All what right. we well, All right, that's well now you've got a lot of stuff out there. So okay. uh, let's let's try to focus a bit here. I, I'm not sure that we need to get into the whole world of surveillance cameras right now. Um, I I understand what I'm hearing about concerns on releasing sign-in lists or video links or, or whatnot. 
to the federal government, which might compromise any number of things, et cetera. I get that. That's, that's cool. That's legit. I don't yet understand the, where SF safe comes in as being the intermediary here, unless they were setting up and hosting these meetings, which seems odd to me if it's in fact the district station regular monthly public meeting, whether it was held in person or on Zoom, it seems to me like that's a police department thing and the sign-in list or the how do you get into it or whatever, whether, again, whether it's in person or online is more a police department thing. So I guess I'm still trying to understand how SF safe uh, is even in the loop on this. If they are, great, and please tell me and you know, we'll run that down, but I, maybe, maybe I can, again, maybe, uh, again, this is Lieutenant Toomey, maybe I can help shed some light on that. Uh, I did have a conversation with, uh, Commander Jack, now Commander Jackson. He was captain of Northern Station at the time. Uh, as he explained it to me that during COVID, uh, in the, uh, in that wonderfully weird time that we were living in, uh, that SF safe, uh, was in fact the facilitator of the um, the monthly community meeting that uh, during a quote unquote normal time would have happened at the community uh, room for this at the station or maybe in a, a community gathering somewhere within the district. So that okay. during COVID, uh, SF Safe did take the mantle of um, facilitating and running the community meeting. So the sign-in sheets that were referenced, the Google Doc that was referenced, and uh, this apparent video that was recorded uh, were actually all facilitated by SF Safe. Um, and it was explained to me Sorry. by the by the commander yep. that um, that they uh, by the commander that he allowed them to uh, facilitate and run the meeting. Um, and that he actually never the 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 station never received uh, the sign-in sheets or the copy of the recording of the meeting that they just participated in the meeting as one of the participants. Okay, um, sorry to go back to the the grant agreement and the arrangement between the police and. SF safe, but then can you just tell me in your understanding, however you came to your understanding, Lieutenant Toomey, is it your sense that that was either in scope of the relationship between the police and SF safe or became part of the scope and somebody asked somebody to do something and they said, we can do it. And so it was done. I mean, do you suspect that there's something more formal that says, you know, until further notice, will you please facilitate these meetings on our behalf? And, you know, we'll include those in your hours and yada, yada, yada. Do you, do you think it got that formal or did it just happen? I don't, I don't believe that it got as, I don't believe it was as formal as um, editing or, adding a side letter to the um, agreements and the contract that we entered into with SF safe. Okay. Um, but 
I, I don't think I could speak as an authority as to how the decision to have SF safe facilitate the community meeting uh, came okay. about. But fair enough to say that I, it I, happened somehow. Okay. I I, have to, I, I I wholeheartedly believe, based on the conversations that I had with Commander Jackson, uh, that he um, and SF Safe came into an agreement where SF Safe was going to help facilitate the community meetings based on the need for it to be a telecommute tile style uh, community meeting. And at a minimum, that happened at Northern, may have happened in a, the same way or in a different way at the other stations, but that's beyond the, the scope of what we're dealing with tonight. Correct, and I couldn't speak okay. to, because I haven't spoke to any of the other commanding officers as Fair to enough. how they conducted their community meetings. Okay, that's cool. Um, I, I, and if I can I can recall though that there was um, discussions within the organization that um, you were encouraged to be, for lack of a better term, creative in how you could provide a community meeting based on the fact that we were in the middle of a pandemic. Zoom really wasn't something that everybody's super familiar with. And, and, and so I do remember that some community meetings were completely scrapped altogether. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this was an attempt to try to start providing an alternative right. during the, uh, once we realized that the pandemic was going to be extended yeah. for a long period and, of time. And it's kind of like something is better than nothing. On the other hand, Correct. the terms and conditions of the something to the extent that they're different from what you would have expected otherwise can be either good or problematic or somewhere in between. So, Certainly. Yeah. and I can't speak to, oh, I yeah. apologize for uh, interrupting. Well. I do want to speak to the fact that uh, with regards to document turnover to the federal government, um, I spoke to Commander Jackson about that. He does not rem recall or remember ever having hearing or having a conversation where he was advised that that was going to happen. Uh, and it's not cer certainly not something that the San Francisco Police Department as an organization uh, intended to do on its own or, or, or grants, uh, you know, permission to, for, I don't know if permission is the right word. Or, or uh, but facilitate. Certainly, yeah, that was certainly not something that was uh, within our desire or something that we were looking forward to doing or plan on doing. Okay. And and that would be consistent with our sanctuary city status and Absolutely. ordinances yeah. and and uh, a joint terrorism task force and drugs and this and all, all of the various agreements and arrangements that we have with information sharing or lack thereof. Correct. Okay. Um, do you believe, notwithstanding all that, that some video or list or sign-in or whatever was shared with some branch of the federal government in connection with any of this? I have absolutely there there? no re I, I have absolutely no reason to believe that any information was provided to the United States government from that with regards to that community meeting. There, I have no okay. inclination to believe that that happened, or that that would happen on a regular basis in connection with no. any uh, public meeting held at a, a police station. That, that's that's not what we do on a, a regular basis. There is no standard. Standard order, policy, procedure, or desire to share that information with the federal government. Got it. Okay, that's that is very good to know. Thank you. Um, yep. 
in the event that a community meeting like the one that I went to last week or one that might happen in the next six months occurs in person at a police station to the extent that records are generated related to that event by a, a city staff person like somebody who works for PD or for that matter, uh, NOCEIA or OEWD community ambassador or somebody else that's within the, the you know, a, a deputy city attorney, whoever might appear at that meeting, if they took contemporaneous notes during the meeting saying, you know, somebody asked about car break-ins, what are we doing about that? Whatever, right? Those records would be made available if they're subject to disclosure, redacted if appropriate, et cetera, if someone asked for that. Same thing with yes. a, a sign-in list. If if it was maintained by a, mem uh, a city employee, it would okay. absolutely fall within the Sunshine Ordinance. Yes. Okay. Um, so in 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 the Department of Making Helpful Suggestions, I believe last week when I was at that community meeting, it just said like you know community meeting sign in sheet uh, name uh, address email yes. something like that. Um, right. Can can you get out to the various people that are relevant that those things might say um, providing your information is voluntary? Anyone may attend, and uh, you know something about disclosure of personal identifiable you know PII. Uh, here. I think I think. I think some type of waiver slash claim would be a, uh, uh, I think that's a, a wonderful and smart idea to place on those sign-ins. Uh, I can absolutely have that information um, disseminated to uh, the commanding the officers of, that, yeah. The, the world of captains and lieutenants? Yeah, okay. Our enigma. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I I would say just thinking top of my head that to the extent that someone signs in, their name may well be disclosable, but their address and email contact information is probably not. Um, and you know, there may be other good reasons why their name might not be subject to disclosure. I I'd have to think about that a little more. But at a minimum. If you're signing in to a, a meeting, you know, kind of with the put me on the mailing list if I'm not already on the mailing list, so I get the captain's monthly newsletter by email, that's a good and legit government purpose. The um, providing that personal name and contact information to a third party in response to a records request would be mm, possibly problematic. Check. I I I completely understand. I think that uh, if we continue down this this uh, line of thinking, though, and I think it's important, um, they I if it was facilitated by the police department. Yep. Uh, pardon me one second. Straight ahead, too. Um, the the caveat to this one was the difficulty is is this the police department that actually requested and had that sign-in sheet or was it uh 
at that safe that did it. And then we were at their at the community meeting and, and I understand it's a semantics issue, but we don't have that sign in sheet. We didn't request that sign in sheet. I understood. If we did have it. We, if yeah. we did have it, I absolutely would provide it to. The requesters, okay. <laughs> and, and, and in I was fact, talking... to the point of where I, and to the point of where I did actually ask for it from SF Safe, the video specifically, and was advised they don't have it because I would love to give it to them because I think that they, if if we could give it to them, I would and I want to. Okay. And I hope I hope that we I, I've made it clear this is not a case of us trying to hold back a piece of, of documentation. Um, understood. This is a. This, this is a case of we don't have it um, and maybe force okay, on us for not asking for it. All right. All right. Like as a one, term. One, one thing at a time. I was just <laughs> okay. trying to, I was just talking about going forward so that we try yes. to, you know, fix things going forward. And, yes. you know, I, I, I expect there will be a nicer sign in list at future uh, station meetings throughout town. Thanks to this little chit chat. That's good. I, I um, absolutely believe that uh, we learn from these and we get better from it. Absolutely. And that's cool. Um, so let me, uh, sorry for this digression, but let me go back to uh, uh, Richard and, and Mish. Um, if I, I am not interested in why you're asking for this stuff and I'm not asking you why, I'm asking what. So the, the specific stuff that you were looking for here was the actual Zoom recording and communications about attendee registration requirements. If the police does, if they do not have the Zoom recording and if they don't have any written, you know, or email, whatever communications about attendee registration requirements, do you accept at face value that they have no responsive records and is there anything else that you can think of right now that might get you whatever you're looking for for whatever reason you're looking for it does that make sense um yes yeah it definitely makes sense to me um okay. to me it would be as simple and i pose this to Lieutenant Toomey, who I have great respect for because I've worked with him out of Northern, is that it would be just simple for Kyra just to state to answer the question, do they submit, you know, we don't need, we need the recording for, for us to hear her say that. She could simply do that by making a statement of uh, she misspoke at the meeting or what she spoke at the meeting was correct because it was heard by other people in the room because this was brought up like two or, in two or three meetings, this discussion about the sign-in list and where the sign-in sign list was going was brought up numerous times by me uh, to both Captain Jackson and Kyra. During okay, the let me, all right, so let me follow up on that. We, the, this back and forth about the sign-in list, hey, I didn't realize sign-in lists were such a big thing. That's cool, I'm with you. Um, did that back and forth occur at that specific meeting on October 11th, 2022, is that your belief? Uh, yes. And that's why you wanted to get the video to hear exactly what the back and forth was? Uh, yes. Got it, okay, cool. Um, and if, uh, all right, all right, it's all starting to make a little more sense. So Lieutenant Toomey, presuming that police 
ran to ground with both records within the department, records that the department has access to, and records that SF Safe has or has access to, to the extent that there was a Zoom a meeting on Zoom, that that meeting either was not recorded or that that recording was not preserved, that that recording no longer exists it or does not exist. Maybe it did exist, maybe it didn't, but it does not currently exist. Is that your understanding? That is my understanding. Okay, cool. I'm sorry, uh, Richard and Mitch, apparently it does not exist. In, so to Lieutenant Toomey, in the absence of such a recording, is it possible for, are, are you familiar with, uh, I guess it's uh, Kyra, do you know her personally? Uh, I've spoken to her once uh, okay. with, in regards to this matter. Okay, so, so you know her a little bit and, and she's somewhat familiar with the matter. Can you, could you, it's not a record that currently exists. I get that. Could you nevertheless have a little email back and forth with her or have a, a dialogue with her by phone or in person and follow up with an email in which she somehow memorializes her recollection of what happened in the back and forth at that uh, meeting, which was, you know, less than a year ago, um, about how attendee registration and sign-in works for those meetings, at least at Northern, that SFSafe was facilitating during COVID. Is that essentially like what... It, is that possible that you could uh, engage in that and provide that to my, the complainants? My, my, my concern with that would be, and, and of course we could always ask and try, but uh, it, it would seem like we are using the police department to compel uh, an individual to make statements um, and provide information. Uh, my concern might be that as a member of law enforcement, our, the Kyra would be uh, left with the question of, am I being asked to do this or am I being ordered to do this by a member of law enforcement? It's just, okay. a, it's, a, it's a bit of a sticky situation. I, yep, yep. I, I, only bring it, I only bring it up as a matter of risk management, not unworthiness by me to want to do it. No, no, I, I get that. All right, let me try a different spin on it. Um, Richard and Mitch, would you, if, if Lieutenant Toomey could facilitate a discussion, would you be interested in a, a, an in-person meeting, a phone call, a video chat, a, a whatever, with uh, Kyra from uh, SF Safe to, for, during which time you could take your own notes? Um, and have a discussion to recount and memorialize what happened at that meeting. Would that do the trick for you? Um, for for me, it would, and we definitely have records to uh, Kyra of what we have requested of her for this information personally. And also, can you unmute Mish? 
how she's been texting me that uh, she's not been able to speak. Asking you shall receive, Victor. Thank you. Uh, I just want to add, uh, I find this conversation very constructive, first of all, and I just kind of want to I apologize remind... for that. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 this, no. Is, this is rather refreshing, I may say, if I may say. Um, I kind of want to hearken it back to how we got here. At the end of the day, this meeting occurred, like you said, about a year ago. We were almost two years into COVID. Um, you know, Hayes Valley Safe here, we've been advocates for just getting neighbors and businesses, the community information. And this all started merely because what we wanted was the very thing that we still want, is that we wanted those Zoom links to be accessible by all. We reached out to Kyra and her uh, um, aides, assistants, and we were constantly asking, can we just have you give us this link so we can post it to our membership, to our website, to get more people to these community meetings. This is for the community. So I feel like, you know, all this chatter about how to improve the sign-in or whatever, I mean, we'd love nothing more than to, you know, be going back to in-person meetings. The sign-in sheet has never been the problem. It was because of these remote meetings, we wanted to highlight that, you know, all they needed to do was give us this, this link. And instead they looped everybody around to register and, it was unbeknownst to us that Kyra said in a meeting that was on full recording, we all saw it, that the reason why she couldn't give us this link was because the information is being turned over the Fed. So that's how we got here. If you want to okay. move forward, you know, we want to make these meetings accessible to all. We don't want people to come to these meetings in fear that any information is being turned over to the Fed. We were shocked. I mean, you know, we were, that, that's why, you know, we had to point this out. So we're all for getting everybody to the meeting, making it easy on everybody. We just want to be able to ensure that this is a safe zone for people to, you know, attend a meeting, whether it's in-house or remote. Okay. No, that's, that's totally cool. Um, all right. So a couple of points on that. So Lieutenant Toomey, could you attempt to facilitate such a, a discussion between Richard and Mish and um, Kyra that would be, you know, positive and constructive. I, I can do my best. Uh, I, okay. I, I absolutely can attempt. I will uh, try to get all the parties involved uh, to the table to have a discussion. Okay. I, I get no promises, as they say. Yeah, good faith effort is 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 good. Um, uh, the the only question I would have and and encourage somebody to ask is on what basis did, did Kyra say or believe that her concern about providing the link was that uh, some information was going to get uh, disclosed to some federal agency? I'm intrigued by that <laughs> notion and where that comes from and whether that happened. I, I leave Lieutenant Toomey in saying that was never the intent of the police department. I think it's entirely possible that uh, no such disclosure occurred. Uh, I would be discouraged to hear that any such disclosure did here, but I'm, I'm fascinated by what would motivate uh, Kyra to believe that it was occurring or might occur. That's kind of interesting to me. I don't know why it just is. It is to us too. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, and actually, and actually um, 
I would have to say in these meetings, it was actually asked of her, was it because it was a requirement for the funding for the grant money that she gets because mm. I've worked in public safety and, you know, it, to me, it was a simple, made the statement and it's interesting after she made the statement, she backtracked and did pretty much everything. I feel everything within her power to withhold that, you know, the factual, uh, was that a fact or was that just something that she spouted out? And it wasn't wasn't a fact, and that's basically the essence of the essence and the reason of why we're pushing forward for this recording, because then we can hear in her voice, uh, you know, what she said. And to me, it's like you know, it seems like you know she should know what her procedures are. And that's where I actually asked her in that meeting if it was, if that requirement was because of the funding that she was getting from the federal government, and she seemed to think no. And just, you know, she came out with the statement, like I said, as someone who's been attending these meetings since the early 90s, it's yeah. to me and, and knows the benefit of the sign-in list because we used to hand mail stuff to people. Um, that's how we created our mailing list. So I, you know, and people knew that they were going to get this, but they always knew it, it, we were we were never, it was never the intent of ours to use that information to give it to another body that could be used against those people that attended okay. that meeting. Yeah, yeah. okay, um, yeah. And, I get and, that. And one one last side note, we would love the SFPD to take over these meetings as they used to. I mean, there's there's apprehension uh, as long as SFSAFE is in the mix. So, I mean, I'd love to hear from Lieutenant Toomey that, you know, this isn't gonna be a problem and that SFPD will be running the meetings like they did pre-COVID, I mean, that would be our ultimate goal. I mean, this all, all of this might even be moot if that was the case. So um, kind of curious to hear about the current conditions of these meetings, if they're still in control of SFSAFE or uh, have they, you know, resumed back in control of the SFPD? Well, I'll, again, I'll, I'll just say based on my experience last week at Terravelle, the meeting was run by um, either the captain, acting captain, lieutenant, whoever that was there, who would definitely be, there was a second uh, PD person there from Terravel. There was someone from uh, headquarters that apparently coordinates certain operations. There was a deputy city attorney in code enforcement. Uh, there was someone who had an OC EIA uh, community ambassador jacket on, but I believe may have been an OEWD community ambassador because, you know, that all makes sense. Uh, and some other police community ambassador with a blue jacket. So anyway, it was, but they sort of explained what their various different capacities were. And it is probably also useful. And this is again to Lieutenant Toomey, if there's some more consistency and clarity at those meetings of who's who, what's what, who does what, uh, because there's a lot of confusion in the community about, you know, the difference between the city attorney and the district attorney and the various ambassadors and the CBDs and who's got which data and how do you report this and 311 and 911, you know, all of that, blah, blah, blah. And there could, again, there could be a more consistent script throughout, like, you know, standard content that we do every uh, month 
regardless of who's there, and then stuff that's specific to you know the message of the the week and and the month, you know, car break-ins, homicides, whatever the 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 thing is that's going on citywide or in specific districts. I I don't I don't think I hope none of us are in in radical disagreement about any of that. No, and, and another message for Lieutenant Chomi. Hayes Valley Safe, A Tree Safe, we would like nothing more than to partner with the SFPD to ensure productive, fruitful meetings, whatever we can do to help that, because that that's all that this was ever all about. So just right. kind of trying to bring it back home. Yeah. Excellent. So and and although there was a discussion last week about the PD org chart, and I think either the commander or the captain from community engagement uh, was temporarily reassigned to the Mid-City Division, yada, yada, all of that. Um, perhaps somebody in, Lieutenant Toomey, if you could loop in somebody from community engagement to this discussion, because this really is about meaningful community engagement specific to Northern, but more broadly to all of the, the district stations. Does that work? Completely, uh, we, we certainly will learn from this. I think that a lot of the concerns that were brought up by the complainants um, are being mitigated by the fact that they are coming back into in-person. They are now being run more by the in-house staff from the captain uh, and in conjunction with uh, our community engagement division with acting commander Aaron Para. Um, there you so go. I think a lot of the I think a lot of the concerns that have been voiced tonight have kind of been um, already handled based on the fact that we've left COVID and we're coming back to a, a thought of normalcy. Okay. I think I'm good. Member Hill, you're good. Yeah, I just had a couple of quick questions. Sure. Yeah, please. Um, uh, so this would be to um, to the respondent. Um, are these are, are are the community meetings typically? Um, are are they are they now both in person and virtual, or is this all still virtual? I, I certainly know that they're in person. The virtual or hybrid model, I do not know if that is being uh, utilized. And I'm just specifically referring to Northern Station. So, are the Northern Station community can, meetings? I'm sorry, I can't hear. Can we mute whoever's making the noise for a second? Someone's traveling and making a lot of noise. Okay. Um, basically, the northern meetings currently are community meetings held in person at the community run room, and they are now being run by the captain. And at this time, we have a new captain, Captain Sawyer which I haven't been to the meeting since he, he assumed the role of captain. Okay, um, so are, and are these live, so in-person meetings, are they, so are they streamed at all? Um, the last couple, the, at first they were being a mix of hybrid. Uh, the last couple that I attended, they have not been being streamed. And if they were being streamed, that would be as what was, the duty throughout the COVID era, that would be the responsibility of SFSA to uh, to facilitate that ability to host a uh, a Zoom meeting or a rem remote meeting. 
Okay, thank you. Um, are they are they typically recorded? Uh, generally, uh, they are. From they my... are recorded. Yeah. Yes. So they're streamed and recorded, or are they just recorded? They were live and recording, so. Which you can do up here. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm just so. I'm trying to understand like the, the practice um, here, if, if, if I may. Um, so, I just want to make sure I understand this. So, um, is there so they're so you're saying that they're not streamed, but they are recorded today? What do you mean by streaming? I think you are, need some are, I'm sorry. Is, yeah. is, is, are, are, are folks able to attend this live via their PC? Yes, they're able to attend the meeting from their computer. They're not in the room, but they're hearing and seeing the speakers. Okay, so um, thank, thank you. So they're in person, but they're also online. They're also and they're and they're online both live, and there's also a recording of each one of these meetings. Is that it, 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 did I get all of those three correct? Um, when yes. they yeah. yeah, when they when they did the format of where they were encouraging both in person, and also to have people participate via a Zoom, it was always noted or it would be noted in the Zoom meeting that the meeting was being recorded. Okay, so that was my next question. So when the live, when it was being broadcast over the internet live, there was a message saying that it was recorded. Yes. Okay. Um, so, it, it, okay, hang on just a second. So. And I, I just want to make sure I, under, I do want to understand the relationship because when I read the Northern Station's website, it says, in partnership with SFPD, SAFE is the host of regularly coordinated community meetings that are co-hosted alongside district captains for every police district and neighborhood in the city, all open to the public. Is this an SFPD meeting or is this an SF SAFE meeting? Um, it's billed through the captain's letter as being a SFPD meeting, community meeting, mm -hmm. the monthly meeting. Uh, for Northern, it's always the second Tuesday of the month. So the short answer is PD. It's an yes. SFPD meeting. Yeah, but yes. they have a host, which is SF Saint. Understood. I, I understood. So that so this is an SFPD meeting. It, 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 am I hearing from? I'm sorry, am I, I just wanna make sure I'm hearing from SFPD. The last 15, 15 minutes of conversation has all been coming from the uh, complainant HCC. None right. of the information that you've just received is from SFPD. Okay, may, may, I, may I ask the same questions of SFPD? Sure. So uh, question I, I, first. Go ahead. The first question is, are your meetings both held in person and online? At this time, I do not know. I can't speak to what commanding officers are doing today with their community. I know that they are hosting in-person ones. I do not know if they are providing the same uh, opportunity to view it online 
uh, as it's going on at the district station. In, in your opinion, do you believe that these are SFPD meetings or SF safe meetings? Uh, I believe that they're community meetings. We we ask to have a meeting with members of the community uh, and we provide, I, I don't think that we can say, we try to use a community format that allows for anybody to actually come and speak at it. Uh, and that's why SF sure. safe is kind of used as an administrator so it doesn't look like we're propagandizing as a police department. This is a community meeting. We want members of the community to come and provide information. We want to answer their questions and we want to provide information of our own. Sure. Um, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I, right. So, okay, let's, so here's, please, please bear with me on this. Um, sure. This is for SFPD. I, I am, um, I'm, a, I'm a, a member of a leadership team of a neighborhood organization um, uh, and in my role in, in that leadership with the neighborhood organization, I ha we have monthly meetings where we invite different people, um, um, you know, emergency management, police department, um, um, you know, um, um, HSH um, attends those meetings. Um, I am not bound. Those meetings, are, those, may, those meetings are open to the public, but they're not. Um, they're, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they're not, um, um, I don't have to provide any sort of public record of that, of the agenda or the minutes or the video. Even if I took the, even if I took the, the video, I don't have to provide a recording to anybody that asks for it because I'm not a member of the, the I'm not a member of the city. I've invited people to the city to attend it. But I'm not. So this is this to me. This is a very important distinction. Sure, I understand. I think one of the meetings, and again, as a layperson, not understanding the completeness of these meetings, there is no decision making that is done at these meetings. So um, there is no. Uh, it, it truly is just a, a a time for everybody to come together and have conversations. So there is no decision making. There's no. Uh, public policy that is built, voted on, or decided upon at the meeting. Um, so I think that that's an important factor that we should probably consider with regards to public yes. meeting versus. So and that should uh, be so stated. Right. Th that should be so stated. That yes. Purpose is correct. Information. We're not. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So that. So um, the. I have one question about the 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 list. Um, is it an attendee list or is it a request to sign up to get marketing emails from SF Safe? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I've never seen the SF Safe uh, sign in sheet. I don't know what it, what the uh, verbiage on it is. Again, this uh, may be something this, for, yeah, okay. for Richard and Mish to follow up with Kyra. If, right. if to the extent that they're doing a sign in list, Great. Who's getting it, and what are they using it for? And what does it state that its purpose is on the top of it? Like, there does it go. say that? Does it say that this is the attendee list for this particular meeting at this date and time at this location, or does it just say sign up here to receive email notifications? And and again, that's why I suggested more consistency, really clarity going forward, mm -hmm. etc. So th right. there's there's some things for people to to noodle through here. Well, and I think that right. in my, my my final statement or er, er, in. Let's see. Let me just make sure I've gone through everything here. Um, I think it's important that 
everyone here understand um, you know that so so the reason why I was asking about in person versus virtual is because yes you may be right that like in a, in a meeting like this there may not be any sort of policy or it might not be like an official you know um, you know hearing where where um, uh, you know official action is taken um, and and I, I look to Mr. Pilpo and others to help me understand this but to me there's a difference between a community meeting held by a nonprofit um, uh, you know, that's held virtually where people are being invited to attend um, uh, and an event that is happening on the grounds of, of you know, with, uh, in, 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 a, in a, an official city building, um, um, because I think that also makes a difference as well. You know, so if this meeting was occurring at a police station in, in an open setting um, uh, where the expectation was it was going to be um, broadcast live and also recorded, See, I think that's a compelling that that's that is very compelling for for that for that archive to be retained. Um, if this meeting was completely online um, and it was hosted by a nonprofit organization where they invited other members, that's then a different thing. that's a very, very different thing. And so that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Thank you. And if uh, anyone if either side has any comments that they want to provide really quickly to that. To that fact, I, I would, or, or to, to those comments, I would, uh, I would be welcome to that quickly. Yeah. You're, you're on a, you're on a golden track in my book. You're spot on. Oh, there you go. All right. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll open this up for public comment in a moment, but I think where I am, perhaps where we are, um, is, uh, a request to Lieutenant Toomey to try to facilitate, um, a conversation. Uh, between uh, Richard and, and Mish and uh, Kyra uh, and perhaps the uh, the new captain at, at Northern while we're at it, uh, or if the new captain isn't available, one of the lieutenants, somebody somebody that's in charge at, at Northern Correct. about the practices in general for these meetings citywide, the specifics about Northern, um, the purpose of sign-in lists, something about expectations for participants, with what's the purpose of the, the meeting, something about standardizing the, the scripts, just, just understanding what you're getting into, that we want people to attend gatherings to learn about what's going on in the community, to have the opportunity to ask questions, to interact directly with uh, police staff in a non confrontational non-threat etc feel safe. but to feel safe <laughs> and not that by showing up that you, your signing information is going to be broadcast to everyone who doesn't need to know it absolutely uh, so all of that yeah. um so lieutenant Toomey, i i think you were committing to try to make that happen with nothing more than a uh commitment to literally try to make that happen you can't guarantee that uh, it's going to happen or that SF safe is going to be uh, willing, but you're going to uh, try to make it happen. And you're a guy who tries to make things happen. And we appreciate that. Thank you. And yes. And Richard and Mitch, you're um, willing to uh, try to do this with them in good faith and get to the bottom of the questions and concerns that we expressed and that you've expressed and that are frankly, entirely reasonable. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. 
It, and by the way, if you can solve homelessness or income inequality, we're at it. <laughs> exactly. We're trying. All right, <laughs> we're not all right. trying. <laughs> all right. One, one, one thing at a time. Um, okay. So there's that. In terms of this item, once again, it doesn't seem like this needs to go to the full task force right now. Um, it may not need to go there at all. You might be so inclined to withdraw the complaint once you're satisfied, but I'm pretty sure that you're not yet satisfied and um, having this uh, meeting or discussion uh, happen would, would go a long way to, to getting you there. Is that a fair assessment? It is on my part. Great. Internally optimistic. <laughs> Fabu. All right, so uh, if we were to continue this matter again in committee and ask for a, a further report from both sides um, at a future meeting, uh, does that work? Continue this Absolutely. to the chair? Yes. Okay. Yes. Some uh, yeah. Why don't I move this one? Sounds great. Does that work? Okay. Uh, I will second that motion. And that's to, to uh, continue the item to the call of the chair. Okay, on the motion to continue the matter of the call of chair, if there's anybody who would like to make public comment, you can raise your hand at this time by using the application to raise your hand. I'm seeing no indications for public comment. Okay, seeing none, there being no further discussion, let's take a roll call on that. Chair Pilpil? Aye. Chair Pilpil, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Moved by Chair Pilpil, seconded by Member Hill to continue the matter to the call of the chair. Great. Uh, that is passed. Um, thank you, Lieutenant General Toomey, for uh, trying to make that happen. And you know how to contact uh, Richard and Mish to uh, uh, make this work? I would, I'll utilize the uh, email address that the initial uh, public records request uh, was made through and the correspondence that we've been using. If that's appropriate to the respondents, please, if it's not, please let me know. Or please let me know. Okay. No, yes. that's fine. That's team fine. team at HV Safe, that'll work? Yes. Rockin', which is checked by more than one person, like the, the DPH uh, email. Sounds good. All right. Uh, <laughs> look, look, look forward to, to hearing back from all of you at some point in the future. Good luck and thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Very thank much. you. Okay. Bye. Um, great. As we're stretching again, uh, let me uh, remind the world that items seven and eight, file numbers 22115 and 22116, complaints filed by Mark Sullivan against Bruce Wolf, were removed from the agenda earlier and discussed under item one. Um, we put off items two and three, and still have items nine and 10 to discuss. I would like to take a break in a bit for a moment, because I've got some things I got to think about. Um, perhaps we could take item three next and see if there is any uh, public comment now, and we might even check later if anyone else joins us uh, and open that up again. So maybe we can take item three next and then take a break for a few minutes and come back and do a final stretch. Sounds good. Okay. Um, without objection, let's do that. So let's call item three next. Cheryl, thanks.
Item number three, public comment. Members of the public may address the Education Outreach and Training Committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Is there any? There's, no one, the there's no one in the room, Victor. At this time, by using the application. Right. I do not see any indications for public comment at this time. Okay. Are there actually people um, online listening? Uh, there are two people with us at this time. Uh, okay. Would you like to unmute them just to see what they are here to talk on? Yes, sure. I am unable to unmute them. I don't have control. Well, I wish you did. Uh, I just, I'm looking at my screen here, Victor, and it says zero attendees. Oh, they may have hung up on me. I, it hasn't refreshed. Maybe it was the two from the previous. Probably. So. Okay. All right. So if we've got nobody, then it's just us. It's just us. That's fine. Um, nevertheless, I would still like to take a break. I want to do a couple minutes on the minutes and stretch and um if we can recess for hopefully about five minutes sounds great ish thank you mike's wrong
Uh, we're back in session at 735. Uh, Victor, are you with us? Victor, are you with us? I'll keep working on this while you find Victor. Victor, Victor, Victor. He's on mute. He did that himself. I yeah, think. like he yeah. stepped away and put himself on mute. Yeah, right. he must have. All right. Let me know when you find Victor. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs>
Can we call him? Are you waiting for me? Can we call him? Yeah, we're trying to find Victor. Yeah, he's not. He's not responding. Sorry. Can, Can we just you, call him? Can you? I've been sitting here uh, watching you. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun for none of us. No recording. Just uh, officially reconvene and take roll. Got it. All right. It is now seven forty-three. We are reconvening late and taking roll. Chair Pilpel? Present. Chair Pilpel present. Member Hill? Present. Member Hill present. We have a quorum. Great. Uh, Victor, do we have any other members of the public listening, watching? Just checking. Nobody else is with us. All right. But they're also not against us, so that's good. Um, all right. So let's go back to item two. And Cheryl, if you can read item two. Thanks. Item number two, approval of the minutes from the Education Outreach and Training Committee, May 23, 2023, regular meeting. Great. Thank you. Um, I have a number of what I would deem non-substantive uh, edits. Unless you really want to hear it, I won't roll through them. Um, there, there are a couple of uh, spelling issues. Mawuli's last name, I think, is Dubenyo. Uh, and I think his title is the director of policy at DHR, um, things like that. Um, I was not, it appears that I was not present at this meeting as a member of the uh, public, but um, I am trying to streamline and reduce the length of minutes where possible and roll things into one sentence. And I, I where we have a video or audio of a meeting, I am of the belief that minutes should be minimal and reflect action minutes. action minutes and where necessary to add a little color and flavor to do that. But uh, in general, I'm with shorter is better. Yep. And as you see in my long verbose statements, shorter is never mind. <laughs> um, so with that understanding, and I will get uh, the actual edits to Cheryl uh, promptly, uh, I would move that we approve uh, these minutes with those uh, edits as referenced. I'll second that motion. All right. Uh, moved and seconded to approve the EOT 
committee minutes from May 23rd, 2023 with uh, edits. Uh, is there any public comment? There is no one in the room, Victor. Uh, there's nobody online with us either. All right. Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. Cheryl, a roll call, please. Chair Pilpel? Yes. Chair Pilpel, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, mm -hmm. aye. Moved by Chair Pilpel, seconded by Member Hill to approve the May 23, 2023 minutes with suggested edits. Great. Thank you. That takes us to item nine. Item number nine, hearing education outreach and training committee work plan. Great. So I just wanted to have a few minutes here, assuming that we have not much or nothing to add in item 10. Um, since Member Hill and I have not spent any time together in person until today, and I just wanted to share a few thoughts and we're going to distill this down to like one or two sentences for the minutes on EOT and what we can and should be doing. And I wanted to articulate a little bit and then have some dialogue and possibly with Cheryl and Victor as well. Um, so it is my view in general that uh, the task force has plenty to do that uh, the Compliance Amendments Committee is engaged in the big rewrite project, which is no small effort and not going to be a five minute uh, endeavor by any stretch. That complaint is uh, properly burdened with the huge backlog of cases, reducing that close to zero and managing ongoing caseload. Um, and that EOT and that rules meets as needed on call and the DOT therefore pitches in to hear complaints as directed, but also is kind of like the tiny little uh, section that does some proactive uh, work to, oh, I don't know, educate, do outreach and maybe promote training that ultimately gets to compliance with the ordinance by various parties around town, whether they're city people or public people in whatever capacity. And as hopefully we demonstrated tonight to make things less confrontational and engage in some problem solving. Um, in my experience, follow up to cases that are heard at the task force have tended, not always, but have tended to go in the following way that follow up on records related things tended to go to compliance for follow up and issues related to um, meetings. And I guess 12L, if we had a follow up on a 12L thing would tend to go to EOT because that's just sort of how the universe split. Doesn't mean that that's required. I'm not aware that there's anything specific in the bylaws or complaint procedures that argue for that, sure. but it sort of just happened that way. And over the years, um, when I chaired, formally chaired uh, EOT, we um, held 
those kind of follow-up hearings, but we also held proactive hearings with um, community folks, with department representatives, and took on topics like the index of records, websites, uh, complaint uh, procedures, um, this question of who's the backup person, and you know, how do you do a diligent search, and you know, all kinds of you know how standards for meetings, and maybe talking about uh, minutes and record keeping. You know that there are a lot of kind of high level topics that you can break down um, and ask either you know large, medium, and small departments to talk about what their experiences, what uh, practical obstacles they've found, what sort of advice and direction guidance is helpful from the task force in sorting through some of those things, what um, things have come up in the last year or two that they're wrestling with, or where we've noticed on the task force side that one department does it this way and another department does something something similar, but in a completely different way, and that one is arguably better than the other, and how can we get them to you know, share best practices, things like that. Um, talking to department heads, their immediate assistants, um, board and commission secretaries that have like a different role, um, public records people, uh, records management folks, which are not necessarily the same folks as those who respond to requests, um, dealing with the complexities of an agency like PUC that's got stuff from here up to Hetch Hetchy and police that's got stuff all over the place uh, to something very small like the Entertainment Commission or the Civil Service Commission that's got like five staff people in a relatively small uh, department with a, a relatively uh, defined and discrete set of records. So it runs the gamut. And I, I just think that where we have some space and time here we should use that judiciously to, you know, try to get at some of those big things. And maybe, maybe we would also, or maybe it's compliance amendments, but that somebody monitors changes in state law, whether it's Brown Act or CPRA, ballot measures that may have some impact, court cases, et cetera. That there's, you know, surveillance technology, privacy generally, you know, that there's a lot of, stuff that we could be much more proactive about, but because we've been sort of complaint and backlog driven, that it's been 99% that and very little of this other stuff. And I just think that where we can do some of that stuff, where the task force can carve out a little time, great, but it's more likely this committee would be the lead for that more proactive stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I have all kinds of lists and ideas at home. I didn't bring all that tonight. Um, I'm happy to share that either here or at the full task force or some blend. Um, and it may be that we come to a point of uh, saying, okay, well, for city technology questions and relationship to DT or the COIT, the Committee on Information Technology, that our you know, again, primary point person will be X and our backup is blah, as relates to the city attorney, 
our primary person is da-da, and whatever, as, as relates to Angela and her staff, whatever, that, that there are a variety of like assignments or tasks that we could cut up. Who's monitoring um, the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force's own website and the binder and things like that to be sure that we've got the most recent, most current stuff, you know, some of which we could make a request to Cheryl or Victor to update or fix, but a lot of that really needs to originate with us. It's not like they're sure. getting in the way, but you know, we need to say we would like our website to look like this and to have these da da da. Maybe we decide yeah. that the list of who to contact at the departments should be public. Maybe we say, okay, each department should have an email that's a primary point of contact, right? DPH Sunshine request, PUC Sunshine, whatever the heck, right? And we want that list. We're going to maintain that list and we're going to blow it up and put it on our website mm -hmm. and encourage people, you know, to send stuff there. They can certainly fire requests off to anybody that they feel like at any time, day or night, but they will be much more likely to get a response in a timely base at timely and complete basis if they send it to DPH Sunshine requests, sure. if it's a wait for it, DPH Sunshine requests, yeah. right? But nowhere are we currently saying that, and we could. Yeah. So Agreed. it's those those kinds of things that keep me going at night. Yeah. Um, and that's where I want to go with some of this. Um, I don't, uh, I don't believe that the um, reputation of the task force is particularly great right now among city department folks. I think it is slightly better among members of the public, but I think it's also kind of mixed and people aren't happy that stuff takes forever to get through, et cetera. So I think we have a lot of work to do on the task force side to improve our reputation in a variety of ways. It, part of it, for example, was taking cases first and putting this stuff later on. I'm encouraging Chair Yankee to think about that. We may do that and we'll see, right? But there's, things aren't going to get better until and unless we make them better. And we're here for a short period of time to try to make things better. And I've seen all, there's, the players change, but none of this is new, none of it. Yep. Um, so that's where I'm going with this and I, Wanted to hear yeah. your thoughts and, and dialogue a little bit because I've talked way too much tonight. Um, I I um, asked to be on the education outreach and training committee because um, I was fully expecting that we would do education outreach and training um, to the community, to the staff of the city, um, to to the to, to to our um our records our, our records clerks and our records um our record keepers um yeah like I, I i completely agree with everything that you said um no i've 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 held um held myself back from volunteering for other things in the community because i'm hoping that um because I'm because I'm committed to this, um, and to it, uh, and and I yeah. So I'm 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 completely behind your uh, your general thought. Um, I would love the opportunity to personally 
um, you know, get more involved in particularly, um, you know, the things that you were talking about towards the end around helping people um, make sense of, of our website. Um, we attempted that with the IT group and it, you know, it, it, it um, yeah, I mean, I think where we, where we ended was um, the reason why it ended was, uh, or, or that we didn't get much traction on it was because we just didn't have physical control over what was going on our website. Like we don't, and that's my understanding. Like we can't make the change. Like we physically couldn't make the changes. Um, and my understanding or without is that a lot of make difficulty. Some right. Yeah. Like moderate right. changes, but we right. can't make right. right. And, and we can talk. So I'm, yeah. I'm all in. Okay. Yeah. Great. And I, and I think in a collaborative way, the letter that you worked on some months back that came out of here about the Smith versus San Jose case that the task force then approved at the September meeting that I did some more work on yeah, that I'm getting to Cherry Yankee that's going to get out. It, it's still in the works, yeah. but I think where we can take an issue, boil it down to a letter, if a right. letter is the appropriate vehicle, right. that's a great way to, to make some things move. Sure. It's not going to solve everything, no. but where we... But and we hear like, that all the time, right? People come into this meeting and they're like, well, it wasn't really a city employee that, right. you know, did that. And then, you know, and we all know that like, that doesn't matter. Right. Necessarily. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I, you know, I, I would love to see us. Um, I think part of the reason why we don't have a great reputation is because we, um, you know, every, every arm of government has to help people understand what value that they bring. And that means that you have to, you have to do a little branding for yourself, um, uh, you know, and so to that fact, like we just, we, we've been absent of that largely and no one's fault, largely because I see this backlog that's just been like, you know, kind of insurmountable, um, you know, but it seems like we're um, making some headway on that, mm -hmm. you know, so um, yeah, um, you know, whether it be website, social media, whatever, um, there's a lot of ways that we can reach the community and you can actually reach the people um, who work here also um, through those um, outreach mechanisms that we're just not taking advantage of. So, right. Yeah, let's do it. Agreed. And I think just as compliance and amendments is looking at a rewrite of the ordinance in part because of changes in time and law and technology, I think that there are things that we can encourage folks to do that don't require a change in law. Right. So sure. best 30, practice, like you said. Right. So thirty years ago, email was not particularly common. You know, you wanted to get records, you had to go to a police station, right? You wanted to reach somebody, you had to call them, right? Um you couldn't email in the middle of the night, you couldn't text during a meeting, you couldn't, you know, put up on your social media site, blah, blah, blah. All right. So that's all changed. Yeah. And I suspect that five or ten or twenty years from now technology will have evolved further and who knows what it'll be, yeah. right? Though, look, did you think you'd, you'd see self-driving cars wandering around <laughs> your neighborhood with nobody in it? <laughs> Wacky. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Keeping on, on yeah. topic, um, where we can encourage departments, they, they don't have to have a section in the ordinance that says at a minimum, you shall have on your website, your org chart, your budget, your contact list, you know, your your set of programs, an annual report, blah, blah, blah. We can just say, we would like you to have those 
common elements somewhere sure. on your website in a way that's intuitive and not buried. And to the extent that you've already done that, great. And if you haven't, please do so. And here are some good examples of other city websites, big, small, and medium departments that have done that. Go try that and come back to us in six months. We'll probably have to maybe do a little of eating, of leaning by example on that, yes. though. Um, uh, you know, so if it's in the purview of us to, of, of EOT to um, reconsider the current situation of our website and use that as an opportunity to um, promote some of these best practices and, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I would be very much interested in picking that ball back up. Okay. So, I so noted. Yeah. Um, we did make a, we, we did, we did have some, we did, we did get a head start on that. Uh, we did get a start on that. And I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm sure that I still have the notes that we took on that. Feel, um, um, so feel free to pull them up. Okay. Sometime. All right. I'm not making a records request for them, but I'm just saying, <laughs> um, but I think I, you know, again, like I, I can't even make sense of our, of our website. Yeah. You know, so I think we should start there. And that's good. And again, in the old not day, your fault, this is not your all fault. Right, all right. All right. This We're is not, not your fault. This is about how it's organized, yeah. like how the, the menus all right. And that kind of stuff, right? It, it's we're, like we're going to give Cheryl and Victor a chance in a moment, and we're not getting. It's not. Any of yeah, no. It has nothing okay. to do with any. No, it has nothing to do with the service that our clerks are providing us. It has right. nothing to do with that. It in, has to do with like the years and years of just piling on, uh, and and and, the, and sort of disorder. Exactly. There was stuff that was just added where someone said, "Let's put that notice up there," and that was. 10 or 15 years ago, and it's still there. Right. In general, it's the lack of information that's on the side is right. Well. The lack of guidance that it has nothing to do with. <laughs> I am, I am generally, <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> I am generally not in favor of taking stuff off unless it has been superseded or is really no longer relevant. So I'm not interested in like getting rid of old case uh, uh, yeah. determinations. But if we had a, a news release from 2004, 2008, that's still on there, I'm pretty sure that's not so newsy anymore. And we should probably take that off and instead have the current complaint procedures, which may or may not be on there. Things like that. Right. Uh, and similarly for other departments, if they've got agendas and minutes from 1995 on there, that's fine. But the, the stuff that's current for this week and next week should actually be like up to date. And if they get in some new piece of correspondence or another staff report, they need to add that. And we need to explain both verbally and uh, to some extent in writing um, how we think meetings should run because it's no longer obvious to people, I think, whether it's an in-person meeting, an online meeting or a hybrid meeting, how you do a meeting. And meetings don't just happen, or if they do, they happen kind of in a happenstance sort of way. Sure. Good meetings, I think, are planned in advance, during, and after, and we want to encourage that and that it be somewhat more consistent. So if you show up at a police commission meeting, your expectations and the reality shouldn't be radically different from the Environment Commission or the Planning Commission. Yes, they do different things, 
but in terms of where to find an agenda, what's on the agenda, when there will be public comment, how things are explained, it shouldn't be that radically different. Right. And right now it is all over the place. And that doesn't right. exactly promote confidence in government writ large. Agreed. So we got some work to do. Yeah. Um, but I did hear you say you're interested in taking I, on the task force website. Absolutely. Specific thing. Absolutely. So that's great. I mean, here's one example. You go to the website and it says to hear audio, you'll need Microsoft Silverlight. Mm -hmm. Does that still exist? No. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's been deprecated for, for, for so long and you don't even actually need it. Okay. Um, um, and I'm looking at the site and I see that that's not a site that's actually ours. It's a site that's hosted and, and embedded by another company. And I just so happen to know because I used to work at that company. Um, um, you know, so it's that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like, if I want to see like an audio archive of something, I go here, but, and if I want to see the minutes and I go here, if I want to see, like, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and, you know, and so I think that like, we can just be, um, we can set it up in such a way, honestly, hopefully to make it easier for our, for, for our clerks as well. Um, um you know, hold on, oh, we, we will, I'll give you a moment, but one second. I wanted to finish this dialogue. Yeah, that, that. Um, in the old days, space was at a premium and that's why, you know, dates were truncated to two characters and files were zipped and, you know, server space was expensive and there was no cloud and blah, blah, blah. Right now, space is relatively available and relatively cheap. That's true. So if we wanted to say, for example, that not only should bodies uh, keep an audio and video recording of their meetings, but they should post an audio or video recording of their meetings if they have them and archive them. And if they have them for the last 20 years, find them, digitize them and put them up there, right? Even if that takes them six months or a year, and even if that's a budget ask, right? then so be it. Yes. If that's helpful and that's doable, right? Sure. That is that is probably easier than getting the police department to figure out where all of their FACACTA records are sure. all across town, right? Yeah. Which is not a five second, five cent project. Right. Why can I get access to, to, to contracts that are not, um, you know, right. that, that are, that, that are probably that, that, that they receive a lot of requests about, they probably, right. people don't probably realize it's like, if you keep getting requests, put it on the website. That's right. Um, uh, you know, those kinds of things. I'm that's, with you. That, that's a perfect example. I don't think everything needs to be posted at all times, period. But I think, and there was some language that we buried in, I think, 29-6 or 7, that where departments get multiple requests for a thing, that means that more than one person's interested and you should put it on the website. So if you get, Great. you know, 10 requests for this contract, that means that somebody cares and you should post it somewhere. And it doesn't have to be a next request. It should be more intuitive right. that it's an HSH contract or whatever. Put it on the HSH site. This is, you know, interesting. People are interested. Here it is. Chair people, I am yeah. I'm I'm one hundred percent behind you on this. Um beside you, next to you, whatever, partnered with you on All this. Right. Um and uh, I will make um I will, I will revive our website recommendations and okay. um, we will discuss them further we'll before we go that. anything, yeah. go anywhere with it. But thank you for taking that on. Um, Cheryl and Victor, uh, your thoughts before we close the item. 
Uh, I was just going to comment that um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you want an audio recording of one of our meetings, we it's posted like within 48 hours of the meeting. I think that's the rule. And I give it to our IT people. Okay. And then the agenda, the corresponding agenda is also posted right next to that audio. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So the idea that minutes could be posted on the same platform mm -hmm. is, is a good idea. And I think what's something we should consider. And, and, if, I, and I know it can. Right. Huh? I know it can. Like, not that's the whole. Yeah. Well, that's I'm the whole point. But and if totally we can do it. it, then why can't every department do yeah. it? And all boards and commissions and possibly other policy bodies, if they have the technical capability to do it, they should. And, you know, I don't know that we have 1 of those uh, recording devices, the tiny little. Cassette? Yeah, or whatever there, or there's an electronic version of that. That's not an actual cassette, but it's like a digital recording. There are those things, you know, what the, right? You can. Take that. It's like the, the size of a, a lighter and walk into a room and record an entire meeting for hours and hours. Sure. Right? And then you can take that, transfer it and upload it. But a boom, but a bing. So all these people who say, oh, we can't possibly, we don't have the tape recorders and it's all the, come on. You know, if they're like, well, then we'd have to spend a hundred bucks to get one or two of them. Yeah, good. So spend a hundred bucks and get one or two of them, share it, have a nice day. So like, these are problems we can solve. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I think, yeah. So Cheryl, did you have anything? No, further? I would just, okay. uh, you know, I, I have no problem with rearranging the web page as we have it. I mean, we have documents that are, you know, where we have a section where all our ODs are listed mm -hmm. and they're listed according to uh, calendar year, not mm -hmm. calendar month. Right. Um, chair Wolf, when he was chair, wanted. Uh, ODs listed when they were heard, which to me makes no sense because in any event, we can put we them can where we it, right change that. And if we want to indicate dates or complainant respondent names, however, we want to package that we can do that. Well, we do that already. Okay. We do client name. I mean, client number. I just yep. want to put in that we still have to put everything through our IT department. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's certain things that we will not do just as a policy matter. Okay. So I wouldn't make any assumptions uh, immediately. Understood. But the point is that it's not like the website or any number of these other things are locked in stone. It's just that we've done what we've done because that's how we've done it. And if we want to reexamine it and say, can we do it differently? We can reexamine it and people can uh, weigh in on whether we can do it differently. Yeah, I mean, here's a simple question. Um, when will we be uh, invited to participate in the new website? Well, that's a whole nother discussion. And I mean, that's a different discussion. I mean. Yeah, but I mean, but that's it, actually, is that, it? It is. That's a, a, that's a good topic, for example, for this committee to invite uh, Sid Harrell and Jane Gong from the digital services team that you know, is now, I think, still under the city administrator, but is now residing over at DT to the extent that anybody comes into the office, a whole other discussion, and have them talk about what the new website is and the architecture and things that are good about it. I'm interested in hearing if there's anything good about it because my feeling is, <laughs> eh. um, and what our input is on 
what could be done differently there, both in terms of look and style and consistency and architecture and whatever policy is around. Anyway, there's, that's a good discussion to have. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Broadly. All right. Anyway, um, Cheryl, anything further? No, I was just going to explain to you what the setup is for ODs. I mean, it does have all the information. It's an, it's an example. That's fine. We, when we get to that page, we will look at, at what's on there. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Good. That's it. You're Victor, anything else to share? Uh, just uh, of concern, yeah. not concern, but something that we are working on is the, uh, the clerk of the board is working on uh, finding a new contractor for our database, and SOTF is included as part of that. That's and we're the... hoping that it will be web-enabled so that okay. they can do their own searches and we don't have to do it for them. That's the uh, the Legistar replacement system, the legislative yes. track, whatever it's being called, the, the replacement for Legistar. Yes, and we're hoping that we are including SOTF as part of that. Mm-hmm. Just to make our life easier in terms of tracking documents, files, and whatnot. Yeah, good. Because really, cases here are not radically different from legislation at the board. It's just tracking a case and associating documents and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And we don't have it currently as a, a thing. We do it all manually. And that takes gobs of time and all of that. So, yes, a better world is hopefully coming soon. All right, right. Um, Victor, we're good? Yes. Okay. No public commenters. Got it. Okay. Um, that's all I wanted on this right now, more in the future with awesome. whoever's in charge here. Um, moving on, item 10. Item number 10, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the EO Education, Irish, and Training Committee. Got it. The only thing I have is that I was asked to chair tonight. I don't expect to do this in the future unless I'm asked. Uh, depending on what happens with the leadership of the task force, we may shuffle the deck again. Who knows? Um, I'm assuming that our next meeting, Cheryl, do you have a calendar nearby? Or does somebody? Be in November. October will be right. compliance. Right. November will be EOT and Chris will be back to chair that committee. Right. So that would normally fall on, I think, the fourth Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Right. 21st, November 21st. I think that sounds right. right. I'm sorry. The fourth, fourth is the Tuesday. 28th of November, Tuesday, the 28th. Thank, so it's actually after Thanksgiving. Yeah, because the first month. Tuesday of the month is the seventh. Got it. And the fourth Thursday. The third Tuesday is the twenty-first. First complaints. Okay. And that would make Thanksgiving the twenty-third and the committee meeting the twenty-eighth. Right. The EOT meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So unless it gets changed, it would likely be Tuesday, November twenty-eighth. Okay. Um, I actually already have it on my schedule. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I am also in favor of starting earlier, which is why we pushed it back to 4.30. Okay. Um, I I think we could even get the room at, uh, at 3.30 or 4. I don't think earlier, I don't think 3.30 is 
great right the second but member hill it has to do with people in their work schedules I mean, making an appearance understood but if we take people out of order whoever's if somebody's here right if somebody's here you take them out of order rock and roll so member hill if you could be available as early as four if uh chair highland is available or whoever the, the however that all works yes i, I think sooner is better the, I'm on a I'm on a six to three work schedule on Tuesday. So there you go. Yep. There you okay. Because um, this like starting at six and being done at midnight, I think, is for the birds. Yeah, not into it. Starting at four and getting done sooner is better. So um, we will leave that to others to figure out timing. Okay. Uh, that's all I had, uh, Cheryl or Victor. I I don't have anything to okay propose. Victor? No. Okay. Uh, and still no public comment? Uh, nobody's online. Okay. I'll yeah. make a quick comment. Uh, thank you uh, for stepping in and, 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 and as the acting chair. Um, I think you did an amazing job. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just a, I'm just a guy. Don't worry about me. Uh, all right. So for this, uh, no action taken. And same thing on item nine. We'll note for the minutes, no actions. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. Um, is there anything further tonight? Seeing none, then we are adjourned at 819. Thank you all very much. Sorry it took a little longer, but we got it done. Okay.